When I'm with you, I'm smiling. Wanna test audio? Sup. Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How are you doing today? I am good. I got to sleep in this morning. What, and now, what's sleeping into you? Because usually that's like 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I slept into 7.45 Whoa. on my own. How are you feeling? Feeling okay? I'm feeling that? good. Yeah. yeah, well, I was up really late on my terms to like 11.30. <laughs> Amateur um, hour. Playing Neo, which was a lot of fun. Cool. So, yeah. Um, well, I stayed up later than that, but I also slept in longer than that. So, uh, we're doing well today. We're doing what really well. What were you doing last night? Um, I watched The Room. Um, <laughs> I finished watching... Or not The Room. It, it's just a room. It's starring Brie Larson. And um, really a um, a great movie, but it's definitely not one for the faint of heart. It's pretty intense stuff going on there. She basically yeah. is a 17-year-old girl, this guy... Um, basically lures her, saying he has a sick dog, can you help me? And he um, he captures her and puts her in a shed um, with a keypad lock so she doesn't know the code of the door. And um, he eventually impregnates her. She has a baby, um, a little boy named Jack. Mm-hmm. Five years go by raising this young boy in this little tiny shed. Um, and he, of course, thinks that the entire world is this tiny like little shed yeah and when he watches television earlier on his mom told him that like kind of made up all these stories so that he didn't ask a bunch of questions about the outside world because she for the longest time thought she was never going to get out yeah um well eventually she devises this crazy plan to to escape yeah and then it's you know events kind of ensue after that but i i'd really highly recommend it It has like a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes um brie larson i think she might even been nominated for like awards Stunning performance by her. She's actually going to be the um, Captain Marvel next year. So uh, I think this is kind of like one of her debut roles to kind of put her on the map. But uh, definitely worth watching. Highly recommended by Rusty. But um, we have a fun episode. <clears throat> Whoa. <clears throat> I need to clear my Yikes. throat. Yeah. We have a fun episode tonight planned. Um, we are going to kick it off as we always do, talking about the games we've been playing recently. And then we are going to get into a lot of listener questions. I have to apologize to... One person specifically because we had we had to actually re-record the episode last week because we the audio got corrupted after recording for like two hours. Um, yeah. And originally <laughs> yeah, we did. answered both Travis's and this other person's question, uh, but then the second time through, we kind of just forgot because well conversations of course were different after re-recording the same thing. But uh, in any case, we will be answering your question this week, and then we will be talking about. Kind of like looking back this year, the games we played, um, maybe what might be most contender for for our game of the year. Um, and I guess maybe preface this also by saying, like, we're not going to be... Ryan and I don't play, like, every weekly release. So it'll probably be talking about games that came out in years previous uh, to this one. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about some of our favorite games of the year so far. And then I'm going to kind of... I have a list up here of all the games coming out in the, the months um, ahead until uh, through the end of December... Then we're going to kind of kind of talk through 
what we're most anticipating. So it should be fun. But uh, let's kick off the episode as we always do. Ryan, what games have you been playing this week? So I've been playing um, one of the tap games as per <laughs> usual. I didn't really have any time this week until last night to play any games. So it was pretty much look at my phone, tap a few times, and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as last night, I played through Neo, got some new armor, um, killed a few zombies, got poisoned a few times. So yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun just getting to relax on a Friday night. Yeah, with a, a samurai sword. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. definitely want to play Neo. Definitely want to play Neo. Uh, so quick side note, correction from last week. As I was listening through the episode, we said that um, Insomniac was developing Ghost of Tsushima which, of course, are the developers behind like Ratchet and & Clank in the Resistance games. It's actually Sucker Punch, the people behind um, Infamous and Sly Cooper. So just a quick correction there for all you people out there that were like, these bunch of idiots don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, you said that, so yeah, that Rusty's the idiot. Is probably, yeah, okay, well. Don't lump me in in that group. Whatever. So this week, I, um, I actually had off because I am transitioning to a new job, so... I was fortunate to be able to take a week off and kind of just um, rejuvenate, stay up super late, watch a lot of movies, play a lot of games, run a lot of errands. But what I did play was uh, mostly PS2. I, If I turned my PS4 on, it was honestly to either watch Netflix or play a quick game of FIFA, um, which, okay, so I guess I'll quickly talk about FIFA. I downloaded FIFA 18 a couple of weeks ago because um, it was like super cheap on sale, and uh, I'll play like a... I'll play like Madden, FIFA, and um, what other sports game? Uh, like MLB The Show, like every three to five years, depending on you know what how I'm feeling. So I downloaded the FIFA game, and uh, I suck. So I basically turned the the AI um, all the way down difficulty wise. <laughs> so I score like 15 goals a game, and I kind of just pretend I'm like the amalgamation of like Pele and all the greatest soccer players to exist. Uh, and I kind of feel good about myself. So it's kind of exhilarating. I don't think I could name one soccer player. Oh, there's that one Portuguese guy who's popular. Ronaldo? Right? Yeah, him. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, Besides him. Wasn't there that Be- girl? David Beckham, come on Oh, now. Beckham. Yeah. The beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there a girl who was really good? Uh, Mia Hamm. Yeah. Her. She was like on Sports Illustrated for Kids all Did the time. Did she beat her husband? Okay. Whoa, I don't know about that. <laughs> We're not proponents of well, domestic This is liable. Yeah. We're liable. Um, Sports Illustrated for Kids. Did you ever get those? Growing up? Yes, I think. Dude, I just love that they had the cards, like the little cardboard, like they had like the creases so you could easily like yeah, pull yeah, them yeah. out of the, the magazine. I do remember those. I had a, um, I was a huge fan of the Dallas Mavericks growing up and uh, when Michael Finley, Steve Nash, and Dirk Nowitzki were there and I had a poster of Dirk up on my in my room for like years. Dirk's my favorite basketball player. Okay. So he's like a 7-1 German guy that can hit a three-point shot better than anyone. Wow. Um, he's awesome. He has, like, the fadeaway jumper. It's pretty pretty awesome. Um, I was more of a Phelps guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in the water. Yeah. And he was a fish. Um, so played a lot of PS2, a lot of N64 this week. For N64, I'm continuing my playthrough of Super Mario 64. I think I have, like, 40, 41 stars, something like that. Um, played a lot of Diddy Kong Racing as well. I'm kind of going through that. Um, I, something I forgot about that game, though, was the Silver Coin Challenge, which... I will forever believe that, first of all, Diddy Kong Racing is far superior to, to Mario Kart um, for more reasons than one. Wait, first, what? Say that again? 
Diddy Kong Racing is superior to Mario Kart 64. Okay, you're going to have to justify that one. Yeah, so 100%. First of all, music's better. Character selection's better. And I think that... What makes the characters better? You can race as a freaking crocodile, a little mini tiger that wears a hat. And by the way, the crocodile has like a biker jacket on, like a biker vest. Okay. okay. You can rest as, as Banjo from Banjo and Kazooie. Okay, well, you also played all of the Conquer, games, right? Diddy Kong, the little cute, adorable mouse with like a little dress on. Um, I've never seen that one. TikTok the clock. All right. Or Tip Top. I think it's Tip Top. And then a, a chicken. You can race as a chicken. Dude, just ridiculous. Okay. The noises they make. Well, you know what's ridiculous? Short Italian men driving cars. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is that even? Mario. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can't drive. Um, no, but so music, superior. I think the character selection is better. It has an open world adventure mode. So Mario Kart, you just go to it and race your tournaments. Big whoop. Diddy Kong, you're set into this open world as your character on this giant green area with a with an elephant that talks to you, and you walk up to him and you like run into him or honk your horn. And he comes over and it's like this crazy Indian music plays and it's like a cloud of like purple smoke engulfs everything. Okay. And then he's like, like, how can I help you or whatever? And you can change your vehicle. And every time you like leave, like you can either change into a plane hovercraft or, or uh, a car. He's like, bye bye for now. And then you just go off and do your thing. Okay. But you basically go into like like one of like four different areas. Um, and yeah. in each kind of area, Tip Top's in the center. He's, like, controlling whether or not you want to do time trials, of course. But then there's, like, five or six mini-worlds that are essentially race matches that you go into, okay? Okay. Um, like, doors that you just kind of drive into. They, they open and you go in, whatever. Um, and they're themed, of, of, of course, around all different things. So there's one area that's very, like, prehistoric themed. So you have, like, dinosaurs, volcanoes, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's, like, a snow level that's really fun to play around Christmas time. You have a uh, like a, a beach <laughs> level that's kind of like you know you got you're in your hovercraft flying around the water and stuff like that, uh, but the music in these games are like unbelievably good, so catchy, just so charming. Um, there's boss battles. You like race against like a uh, uh, what's um triceratops. You race against uh, a giant walrus. Dude, it, it's really good fun. It's so but, fun. So you can still lose your friends if you win, just like in Mario oh, yeah. Kart. Oh, right? yeah. But the, the really cool thing, is too, is like the track designs are kind of structured in a way that um, allows you to either use um, a car, hovercraft. So. Well, there's that's another thing. There's lots of shortcuts, but in a way that you can either use a car, hovercraft, or a plane. How does a plane work? Is it just kind of... A plane floating above the ground. Or? Yeah, it's typically how planes work. You know, they kind of like they have the, they have wings <laughs> and they uh, don't don't patronize me. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean like, so it's just it's similar to how the hovercraft would work. Right? Yeah, yeah, it controls okay. very similarly. Although the hovercraft's my least favorite because it's just when you're in the water, as you'd expect, it's kind of just like floaty and like weird because yeah. you can't control the waves of course um the planes yeah, my f- thanks moon yeah the planes yeah the planes <laughs> my favorite because um I, I don't know it just controls so well and if you hold the r or um the left or right trigger buttons mm-hmm. um you can just turn on a dime it's really pretty pretty amazing how they were able to uh so n- cleverly design the controls and it's just it's just controls we'll very well try that then, yeah or a lot play of fun that. and it's a great gameplay co-op or not co-op but multiplayer yeah um so yeah spent a lot of time on diddy kong um i think that was really all the n64 games or perfect dark of course always throwing a few matches there 
Um, but what I spent the bulk of my time this week was playing a game that it's actually the third time I've played through it. I beat it on the original Xbox a couple years ago, um, and I played it originally on the PS2, but never beat it. And that is Lord of the Rings, The Third Age. And so this is a turn-based RPG um, that when originally advertised, people were freaking out because it was being compared to Final Fantasy. And even on the back of the box, I think Electronic Games Monthly, um, or one of those gaming magazines back in the day, was quoted as saying the most exciting RPG since Final Fantasy. And I mentioned this last week in the podcast briefly. Uh, it's not Final Fantasy. It comes nowhere near. Uh, but for someone that's a Lord of the Rings fan and does enjoy RPGs, I think it's really great fan service. Um, the music is phenomenal. It's all orchestrated music from the films as you kind of traverse this open world, semi-open world. Um, I'd really compare it to Final Fantasy XIII as, in terms of navigation because you're kind of on this narrow, somewhat narrow path. But like Final Fantasy XIII, you can kind of go off the beaten path and find hidden items and kind of like loot and gear and stuff like that. But the game takes place on the same um, timeline as the... Oh, Padre's calling me. I'll call him back. Uh, you can't you can't plan for these types of things. They just kind of happen. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Gosh, uh, love you. Anyways, so it takes place in the same timeline as the Lord of the Rings trilogy, okay? And um, you, But you don't play as the Fellowship. You play as this man named Barathor, and he was basically outcast or as a coward. He like ran away at, during some battle, okay? Deserter. Yeah, and so his goal is to essentially go back to, to Gondor, Minas Tirith, and like, oh. I guess what what would be, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but basically just uh, re-earn his merit as a soldier, essentially. Okay. Um, and be so, redeemed. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. So he, you know, of course, in the very beginning, you come across this, this elf lady, um, you come across multiple people throughout the course of the game, um, depending on the area. So you come across an elf lady, a Dunedain archer, um, Hadhod, like a dwarf, mm-hmm. um, a lady of Rohan. Hadhod sounds very dwarfy. Yeah, yeah of course it does. Um, Hadhod. You come across a... Uh, <laughs> a good name. It is good. Um, all the names are pretty pretty uh, Lord of the Rings-like, very uh, very Tolkien. Could you imagine if your parents named you Hadhod? What would you do? Well, they named me Rusty, so, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say that one. I was going to let you say that one. Yeah, no, it's it's a family name. Russell's a family name, so... But for the amount of times I've gotten made fun of for, like... Yeah. Oh, you're feeling rusty? It's like, gosh, if I had a dime for every time, man, I'd I'd retire today. I'd retire today. Um, But kind of going along here. So what is unique and, and really fun about these games, as they do take place, you know, in the timeline of the three movies... Um, you get to kind of experience some of the um, iconic battle scenes in the movie. So when you're in Moria, you get to fight um, the Balrog with Gandalf, which is really neat. Um, when you are in Helm's Deep, you get to fight alongside um, Legolas, um, Aragorn, and Gimli, all three of them, which is really neat. And then in Minas Tirith, towards the end of the game, you fight alongside Gandalf to fight the Witch King and stuff like Ooh. that. Um, and you you come across all enemies you could you would expect to see in a Lord of the Rings game. You have goblins, orcs, orcai, of course the uh, budgets, budgets, Just large budgets. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> come across trolls, uh, Nazgul, um, ring race, every, every everything in the book you you fight. Um, and just, I guess, being able to play, recreate or replay some of the iconic scenes in RPG, turn-based RPG form. You know, I've played The Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King oh, on so PS2. It's, it's turn-based, not kind of... Yeah, it's not action-based. This is, you are like old-school Final Fantasy. 
your party's on a line, the other the the opposing enemy is on the opposite side, and you have to from your little menu attack, use magic, mm-hmm. and and what you know, whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you have buffing, debuffing, everything you would expect to see in a traditional turn-based RPG. Um, it's here. But uh, I, I think what people might not have liked so much is that it's it's pretty slow. Um, I wouldn't say it's like as slow as like old school Pokemon because old school Pokemon it's slow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, moving around is slow. Even battles are very slow. Yeah. Um, and here I would say it's it's somewhat the same. You know, but I, I think the appeal of Lord of the Rings for me was more than enough to continue playing. If you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, this game just won't be for you because if the source material isn't of interest, then the game certainly won't be because um, there's there's issues here that I can overlook because I'm a fan of the fiction, but otherwise it would be tough to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a decent story there. You know, the characters are, are relatively likable. There's cutscenes every now and again where you get a better idea of their personalities and there's some love interests going on, which is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's typical game stuff, but uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a game I've played through three times, um, not to completion. What I will say, another caveat to this is that in some of the, you know, more uh, iconic battles, like in Helm's Deep or Pelennor Fields, it's like old school Final Fantasy where it's just like a boss rush. It's yeah. battle after battle after battle. And the thing is, you your stats or your health and um, M, like magic points don't regenerate unless either you level up or you save yeah. or, of course, you use items. But like in places like Pelennor Fields, you fight like eight or nine battles in a row and you don't have a chance to just like stop and heal your party and then go to the next battle. It's just boom, 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 boom. And so in that case, if you die, the game just – it goes back to the, the main menu of the game. So, like, you essentially have to reload your last save, which that can be very frustrating if you get through, like, nine battles for, like, after, like, an hour, and then you have to replay it again. Yeah. Like, there was a couple times, like, in it's Can you Fields. grind? You can. Yeah, you can, tra- you can like travel. Like, level up. And- yeah, you can travel back to old areas and just... And what's kind of also unique, so, you know, in Pokemon, you're walking in the grass, and there's really no warning sign when you're going to walk into a Pokemon. Yeah. And the Third Age, as you're walking around, Sauron's eye will be, like... In, it's like a little circle in the top of the like right corner of the screen. Yeah. It'll increasingly get darker <coughs> to the point where it's like completely visible. And then that's when you essentially walk into an enemy and you fight a battle. Um, but yeah, you can definitely grind, go back to old areas. And I did that quite a bit just because um, I wanted to, to be somewhat streamlined as far as just like kind of just playing through the story and not struggling. Um, and you really don't struggle until you get to like Helm's Deep and, the bigger Minis- battles. Earth, yeah. But uh but no, it's it's a lot of fun. Definitely highly recommend it if you like Lord of the Rings. Um super cheap these days. So you can get it on PS2, GameCube, Xbox. I'd also highly recommend the Game Boy Advance game. It's actually like a Fire Emblem clone. It's kind of like a top-down tactical RPG, which is very, very fun. Um I'll probably be playing that soon too, just because um I haven't played it in years, but it's a great game as well. And you can get it on all consoles for super, super cheap. So definitely check out the third age. All right, so enough games we've been playing recently. Let's get into some listener questions. Uh, we've got a lot of good ones this week, so three of them. Like I said, Gamer Girl Master wrote in uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we, we were originally recorded it, and then we didn't. So uh, now we're doing it. So if this is the person I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure she followed my YouTube channel from the very origins all the way through. So <laughs> if it is you, thank you so much. If not, well, thank you for the question. Yeah, nice to meet you. Hello, Rusty. Disregards Ryan. All right, it is less nice to meet you. 
I'm glad to see you are back and starting up your podcast stream again. How did you come up with the name Otaku for Otaku Village Podcast? It's an awesome name. Winky smiley face. Thank you. Also, what do you think of the Nintendo Switch and what Nintendo is doing? P.S. August 18th, Saturday, is a YouTube trade show where a bunch of YouTubers get together, talk, trade, and have a good fun, a fun good time. Uh, I did not know about this trade show. Um, I need to look into the location because if it's if it's nearby, I'd definitely like to check it out. Sounds like a really good time. Uh, the name of the podcast, you know, Ryan and I were kind of going back and forth for a while, um, just tossing out ideas that we wanted to be somewhat unique um, and kind of creative. And we, we definitely wanted like brothers in the title to like kind of let people know that we are related by marriage. Um, and uh, I don't know. I was just like looking up like Japanese like names because like, I wanted to like have a Japanese word in our title. Yeah. And I just naturally came to Otaku because that's like the the Japanese word for like geek or nerd. Yeah. Um, so, but it's not just nerd. It's nerd with like the implications of like social impairment because of that, which is what perfectly describes us. We are just like, yeah, I don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> we talk to people digitally and through the internet. Beyond that, yeah. just forget about it. If it's not on a text screen, yeah, and I'm not do it. fighting monsters while we're, yep, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we just kind of naturally came to Otaku and Otaku Brothers just seemed like a good fit. So yeah, kind of ran with it. Um, what do you think of Nintendo Switch and what Nintendo is doing? Well, I think it's pretty amazing what they're doing, and I'm very proud of them because um, it's no secret that the Wii U was not um, a success for them. And I think for most people, um, anyone listening to this podcast knows what the Wii U is, you know, and many of you might even own one. I never did, but I think... I don't know if I still do. <laughs> what's that? The Wii U. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think the vast majority of the public did not, and I feel like... It was just a marketing disaster because it was so confusing to you know know whether or not the Wii U was the successor to the Wii or if it was just a peripheral because we also know that the Wii had a plethora of – or the Wii had like a plethora of weirdo peripherals for racing games and you know you had the nunchuck and the, the Wiimote and all kinds of weirdo attachments to that and – um, no one knew, you know, what the Wii U was. I remember watching a, um, a video that Game Informer did a, years ago where two of the editors were walking around Minneapolis, the Minneapolis streets, asking people, and it was just hysterical to see their responses because they, had, they hadn't a clue. They did not know what the console was. Um, fast forward to the Switch, Nintendo clearly learned from their mistakes, and it was a great marketing success as far as advertising the console leading up to its uh, release, I feel like the debut of it when it was originally Nintendo X to Switch was genius. I felt like the video they played, the way they kind of, um, I guess, advertised it in that original trailer was was perfect. And um, as far as the console itself, I think to launch with Breath of the Wild was the best thing they ever could have done, um, even though it also came out simultaneously on the Wii U. As but no did. one has a Wii U, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's like the similar to the Twilight Princess, you know, release for GameCube and, and Wii back in the day. But, um, no, I think launching with Breath of the Wild was fantastic. A couple months after that, you got Super Mario Odyssey, you got Splatoon 2, and, you know, the deluge of support from third parties was just yeah. a- amazing. It's good to see. Because but you didn't have that on the Wii U. Because mm-hmm. after, you know, the launch games of, like, um, Assassin's Creed 4, Mass Effect 3, Batman Arkham City... And it just tanked. I think third parties were like, uh, we're, we're out of here. We're not, we can't do this. You know, yeah. It wasn't worth the investment um, to bring some of those multi-platform releases to the, the Wii U. But 
we, we have Dark Souls. We have freaking Skyrim, Skyrim. and uh, Doom, Wolfenstein. Like, it's insane the, the, the games that are coming to um, Switch and how third parties are so on board with the console and even developing games specifically for the system. I think it's fantastic. And um, I'm really excited about the future of the... Uh, the system, you know, I don't have one currently, but as we'll talk about later in the show about upcoming games, there's some great games on the horizon. I feel like for me personally, I don't, and Ryan, you own a Switch, I do not. I feel like this yeah. year has been relatively dry in terms of first party releases. Yeah, um, I haven't seen many. At least none that are of of each of interest, because for me personally, like, I think Wolfenstein on Switch is great, but I'm going to play Wolfenstein on my PS4. Same yeah. with Doom or Skyrim. I do think Skyrim on Switch is a great idea, though. I mean, yeah. And when I do get a Switch, I have a PC version. I have a PS3 version. I have a PS4 version, and yeah. I have a PS4 remastered version. Yeah, I mean, I, I have. It's like, do I need a fifth Skyrim? Yes, personally? yes, yes, yes. You do. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's just like Super Mario World. I mean, I downloaded that game like umpteen times on 3DS, uh, Wii Virtual Console, had the Game Boy Advance port, Super Nintendo. I mean. Yeah, you know I'm gonna get Skyrim again on the Switch because to have it portably and whether I'm on vacation, um, on a plane or something, just to have that game on the go would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so I think it's been a little bit of a dry year so far. I was a little bit disappointed that we're not gonna get Yoshi, um, or at least we didn't see Yoshi at E3, which, which you know begs the question whether or not we're actually gonna get it this year or it's gonna be pushed to like a spring 2019 release. But um, no, I think there's a great future ahead for the Switch. You know, as, as long as Nintendo continues to push out a few first party games every year um i think that the, you know that's not going to probably mirror the wii i don't think any console will i mean that that's just a historical moment in the video game industry the amount of consoles that that um you know the wii sold you know with because i mean with wii sports alone i mean it's just got like you know retirement homes playing video games again um yeah and, i can't wait to break a hip on wii sports yeah for real though I mean, i'm sure it happened too um, I've seen people accidentally like chuck their numbers well, yeah, and, that, and like exploded on someone's head. Well, because in front I of don't them. think they originally came with wrist wraps. Yeah. I don't think they did because there were pictures of Wiimotes literally stuck in people's plasma screen TVs because <laughs> the people would like throw it or whatever. Well, I mean, it gets intense. So you get sweaty and then it just, it slips out and you break a TV. Well, and it's funny because like the motion captures it so well, you don't need to be forceful with your swings. You can gently well, just like this, flick your wrist, and I know my problem with like an actual tennis racket is if I see the ball above my head, I want to murder the ball, yeah, into the other person or their other in the court, and uh, I feel like it'd be the same for the Wii, or it is the same for the Wii. Yeah, well, um, you should probably see someone about that, but yeah, anger uh, management is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, love the Switch. Really happy for Nintendo and what they're doing, and I'm um, looking forward to everything on the horizon. What about you, Ryan? Any, any specific thoughts or just? No, I. Um, it's good to see the Switch take off. Um, so we are looking at the numbers, and the PS4 obviously is the most successful. It's at 79 million sold, and that's been out for what four years or so? something like that. Yeah, yeah, for a while, and then the Xbox One is. Same amount of time, basically, and that's about thirty-seven million. You know what's interesting? I think the Xbox One actually came out months before the PS4. Might might have just been like a month. I remember it came out before, 
But oh. the fact that it's sold a fraction of the PS4 consoles yeah, is... so that's cute, Xbox. Keep on doing your thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, what, the Switch has been out a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're at about 20 million. So, I mean, they're going to surpass um, Microsoft, I would say, this time next year. It'll be interesting to see how this Switch competes with the new generation, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as far as, like, graphical capabilities <laughs> and power of the console itself, like... That's never been Nintendo's focus. They've always been about... It's like the niche market. Of, yeah, and it's... I mean, in, 20 million is not niche. But. No, I mean, it's 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 niche in the sense that, like, they have their way of doing things and they've perfected their art, you know, as far as creating these experiences that no one else can play anywhere else. You know, Mario's and Zelda's, you're not going to be able to play those on Sony and Microsoft consoles. And um, in that sense, Nintendo's been able to be very successful even in just about every generation they've had um a less powerful console you know um yeah so at least finally this one's picking up because i mean just a modified or an improved a wii u basically yeah or like i still don't really understand the wii u like the wii was awesome i had that and then the Wii U, I don't know, was it an actual console or was it just that like handheld thing? Yeah, no, I think the or Wii U was essentially the prototype for Switch, honestly. Yeah. Because it's very much the same in the fact that you have a tablet and you can play the tablet, um, you know, in another room. I think you have to be in relatively close proximity to the console because you're still feeding the disc into the system itself. You know, it's not a cartridge in the Switch. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's you actually had a box that looked very similar to the Wii and then the tablet. So it was like a two-piece console with the Switch. It's just it's my assumption that it's just the the tablet and then you what? Bluetooth your way into the TV kind of thing? You like put it in a stand and then it ports into the Okay. Yeah, with an HDMI. Gotcha. Um and then you can make those little like the side portions, you can either put them together or you the joint cons or whatever they're called. Whatever they're called, yeah. I have no idea. I think I just the little cons. colorful side pieces to yeah. the screen. Um, you can put them in a controller, which is nice. So it's it's closer to what an actual actual controller would feel like. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, and the yeah, and so like the, the I guess the second piece to that is that the Wii U, unlike the Switch, it was just a bulky mess. Well, that and you also had to stay in the house. You know, <coughs> on the Switch, you can take it anywhere. So. Um, yeah, I yeah, think for I, sure Nintendo has a leg up on handhelds. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly. I mean, the, Sony's gotten out of the market at this point. I mean, they've already said that. I guess they are the market. They really, no, they are. I mean, <laughs> apart from iOS, which actually is incredibly huge as well, uh, but dedicated console, handheld console. I mean, Nintendo owns that. It's a yeah. monopoly essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would have really liked to have seen Sony um, support the Vita more because I love the PSP. Um, so much. It's it's a fantastic console with a outstanding library of games where all genres are well supported. I mean, you can get great RPGs, um, great platformers, action adventure games, sports games, anything you want. Shooters. It's on the PSP and the Vita. I feel like it's basically a bunch of weirdo Japanese visual novel RPG games, and that's about it. Sony itself. I mean, they had a great support at launch. And shortly thereafter, you Uncharted, Luminous, um, Killzone, um, all kinds of great games. And then now it's like just nothing, nothing at all. Um, they've stopped producing um, the hardware entirely. So it's, it's kind of a shame. But get Vita games while you can, folks, because it's going to be um, 
super expensive, I think, in a couple of years. But so it's a shame. It's a shame. But Nintendo is doing their thing and they're doing it well. So good on Nintendo. Yeah. Um, next question we got from Travis, um, frequent questioner here. He, he says, very inquisitive. Yes. Hi, gents. Thought of these while listening to your last podcast and figured I'd send it now. So it's relevant. One, Ryan, you mentioned enjoying Lovecraftian stories. Are you familiar with Eternal Darkness on GameCube? I won't spoil too much, but it's unapologetically Lovecraftian. Super creepy, and the game itself tries to F with you sometimes by doing things like freezing gameplay to say your memory card has been corrupted, only to then jump back to regular gameplay after you've already thrown your controller. I haven't played this game, but I have heard like horror stories about people. Like It literally does that. Yeah, like it mutes your TV and yeah. it like changes the volume. Or- it depicts that it's changing your volume yeah. to, like, really low, so you turn up your TV. Oh, my gosh. How genius. Like, the the developers must have had a ball, de- you know, creating this game, yeah. knowing full well that they were going to just completely screw with the people playing it. I think it. one of them had actually, like, blue screens, like, of yeah. death. Oh, my gosh. Which is crazy. Yeah, no, I, I have not played Eternal Darkness. Um, it's a game that I definitely would love to play. But wow, can you imagine if that got remastered for Switch? Just complete reimagining of it? That would be amazing. Because I'm sure now it looks a little muddy um, graphically. But uh, wow, that would be super awesome to uh, have that game remastered for Switch. Yeah, I think they were trying to make a second one. And then it never got funded. Like as a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, yeah, I mean, that's a a good... It sounds like it's a great game. I've heard nothing but good things. um, But that it is just very, very weird. So... I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, GameCube games are stupid expensive these days, though. Um, and I'm, ter- I'm sure Eternal Darkness is right up there. Like, Kirby Air Ride, I've been wanting to get for, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, upwards of 50 or more dollars. And I'm just like, bro, I remember when that was a platinum choice at Best Buy for 20 bucks, And now it's just stupid. Um, yeah. yeah I, wish, I wish the TVs now, or uh, I don't even know where I'd get an adapter to do, like, an HDMI, too. Those cables. AV cables. Yeah. yeah, I think you can order one on Amazon for like less than $10. Yeah, I definitely have to do that because I want to go back to Melee as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so question two here, he says, are there any particular games you enjoyed or remember fondly or even played when you wouldn't have otherwise simply because the art style intrigued you? I love games that also make the most of their artistic freedom. Um, games like Zelda, Wind Waker, Okami, the Spider-Man noir segments of Shattered Dimensions, and indie titles like Journey. And uh, Travis ends the email with something that it just reminds me of why we do this. He says, "Keep at it; it makes my Monday." Like yeah, Mondays suck. So yeah, I mean, yeah. the fact that our voices make Monday better is good. That's yeah. That's, thanks for writing, Travis. Seriously, I really, really appreciate yeah. it. But um, so yeah, any games that you played that just graphically really appealed to you that you maybe you wouldn't have otherwise played? Yeah, I I find the cell shaded kind of take very fascinating so there's basically was it frogger where you cross the road yeah there's a there's an app called crossy bird oh my and you gosh. basically no, no no it's essentially frogger but you get a bunch of little like cell shaded characters you could be chickens like cows and it's just all in this little adorable kind of small smushed midgety cell shadedness okay fair enough. um yeah, it's an interesting – it has a cool look, so it's worth checking out. Um, I think the biggest one that I did mostly for its art style is an app called The Trail. Okay, so, I've heard of this. 
it's also cell shaded, but the the whole premise is you're walking down this trail, going through woods, going through different environments, and you're picking up resources along the way. So you pick up stones, sticks, um, and eventually you at the end of the trail you get to a town where you can actually build a house and upgrade a house and like join. So like the entire premise is you just kind of observing while going down this path, collecting resources. Okay, cool. It's a really relaxing kind of setting, good music, good atmosphere. It's like part walking simulator and then like building simulator type of thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, And then also Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands is good. I mean, I love the first and I played a ton of the second, but then I went back, I got the like the remastered versions for PS4 and um, or at least that, that has like two and then... Whatever the one was the on the Handsome moon. Jack. Yeah. Some yeah, the Handsome Jack collection. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. I can't play those games anymore. Unless I'm playing multiplayer. It's just uh not a lot of fun. But I mean, the gameplay loop of getting new gear and, and new weapons is is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'm they, excited for the third one. Yeah, I, I mean when it and inevitably inevitably comes out, um We're yeah, we're gonna have to co op and play through that for sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. So any more? Is it, that, those nope. are cool. Just those, basically. Um, so one I actually played earlier this year was um, a game called Old Man's Journey. I talked very highly of it. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. And uh, it's like this 2D, almost like paper mache looking game. Um, it's very kind of puzzly, but what really, you know, I loved about the game was just the story and the way it was told without words. Um, it really was just told through the character animations, these just hand-drawn um, art style that's just really pretty incredible um, and really a tearjerker story. I mean, I like literally teared up at the end of the game because it's just really special game. So definitely check out Old Man's Journey. And I was just browsing through um, the PSN store earlier in the year and I just saw it and I was like, I'm not even going to look at reviews. I'm just going to download this because this looks really cool. Um, a game that had no right being as good as it was because the Prince of Persia games on the PS2, PS, uh, or PS2, Xbox, GameCube were a lot of fun. Sands of Time, Warrior Within. Mm-hmm. Sands of Time was the best one. Um, but in 2008, they like kind of revived the series with a game called just Prince of Persia, no subtitle, and it was cel-shaded. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. It's actually a great game. Um, highly recommend. You can get that game for dirt cheap now. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one. What was that on? Because I, I think I played that one. Xbox 360. PS3. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's really fun, though. Really good. I swear there was one for uh, PSP. There was, yeah. Because there were a lot of PS2 ports to PSP. Yeah. Um, It might have been Sands of Time, then. Yeah, well, I don't think Sands of Time was on there, but I think definitely Warrior Within, where he has, like, the two blades. It's, like, a white background, and he's just, like, kind of, like, standing there. Maybe. Longer hair. I know I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of... PS2. That's why I freaking love the PSP, man. There are so many good games ported from the PS2 to the uh Yeah, I really PSP. enjoyed PSP. Or just series of games that were like kind of like reimagined. Battlefront, me. going back, I tried picking that up to see like I wanted to play through Battlefront. Yeah. Or the original. It is really hard to play. Well, it's tough without dual analog. Yeah. You know? Um, I have no idea how I played that many battles doing that. Dude, it, it, you know, it's just like when I gone gone back to some of my N64 games even, and, like, it's hard to be patient with the game because it is, like, a lot of the, the designs are very archaic nowadays. Yeah. And it's... But when you were a kid, you didn't care. You just played the heck out of it, you know? Yeah, or, like, um, oh, what was it? The N64 Smash. 
Oh gosh, so slow. Yeah, it's it's painful. Oh my gosh, it really is. I mean, it's that fun. should be a nursing home game. Yeah. It'll, they'll be able to pick up on the frame rate. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but uh, it, it's good because uh, you know it's fun to go back to. Just the nostalgia tied to that game is is great, and uh, I mean, some of those it it still has some of the best levels in in the entire series for me, like Corneria, the Star Fox level, yeah, um, the Pokemon. Uh, center place where the little where po- the freaking guy pops out <laughs> I mean, and just destroys that's you. just incredible that a game like that came out in the 90s it's it's pretty wild um of course hyrule castle is just uh, so iconic the music with the that tornado plays. yeah um no it's a it's a great game we should play that soon it's a lot of fun i have it so yeah um a couple other ones here another series i played earlier in the year was the dishonored games on the on the uh, ps4 xbox one um outstanding first person stealth action games um really i i can't, couldn't believe that they like i enjoyed them as much as i did um and i'm really already hoping for a third because um they basically took um the old school thief series on the pc um and xbox and added like all kinds of different like superpowers essentially and there's also like a um you can either play through it um low chaos or high chaos and kind of depending on how you do that changes the ending of the game. Um, and I, you know, I have played through it multiple times on both low and high chaos, but I prefer low just because I love the satisfaction of sneaking through a level without being seen and kind of just like stealthily taking out your enemies. Um, what high chaos is more enemies or just shooting people going in guns blazing essentially. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm talking about the game and I'm not even getting to the art style. If you've seen commercials for the, we happy few game, it, it looks like that. Like, it's so hard to describe, but it's, like, cartoony realism. Like, it looks real, but also cartoony. Yeah. Um, so I, that is highly recommended. You can get both one and two for less than 20 bucks. Um, another one on the Xbox um, 360, it was a, uh, an indie title back in the day called Limbo. It's a black and white um, game where you play as this young boy, essentially, like, walking through the forest. Um, and you're trying to find, I don't know if it's your sister or your, your, like your loved one or whatever. Um, but it's super, super dark. It's almost like a Tim Burton, like directed game. Okay. Um, and they recently came out with a new game on the Xbox one. I can't remember the name of it. Slenderman. No, it's, uh, I can't remember, but it, it visually, it looks very much the same, but it's just a black and white, really horror esque type 2d platformer. A lot of fun. Highly recommended. Um, the last one is Loco Roco on the PC. Oh yes, you know, just beautifully looking game, super cartoony and animated, and I would argue some of the greatest music in all of video games. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah, those are probably my choices. Yeah, good but, choices. Uh, I want to get Loco Roco so bad on the PS4, the remastered one. Yeah, I, I swear I was going to because we talked about Loco Roco last or one other time. Yeah, I can't remember what brought that up. Um, but it, yeah, it's an excellent game. So good. And just, it's unique too. It's just a really unique yeah. concept. Definitely look it up if you haven't uh, played Loco Roco. Um, Chrono Link 9, my man Alec writes in with another question. It says, questions and comments, yo. So comments for days here. Let's, um, excuse me. I'm going to read through this because um, I love it when you guys write in like Tolkien-sized emails. It's kind of fun. So he says, <laughs> hey guys, love the RPG talk. I'd define an RPG as a game with detailed statistic menus for characters, or at least some sort of numbers designating designating that, and the gameplay reflecting and revolving around that. However, I don't know if I'd call Dark Souls an RPG. 
more of an adventure game, but that's another debate altogether. Um, yeah, you, again, the, the debate could go on for days, but yeah, um, he goes on. I could see that side of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not as complex of menus generally. Yeah. A lot of it's hidden as well. Mm-hmm. They don't really explain anything as Dark Souls. But yeah. you still have the leveling up and those kind of characteristics without the insane visual complexity yeah. of all the numbers. Yep. No, I agree. Good point there. He goes on. He says, I'd like to give big shout outs to Lost Odyssey, Xbox 360 game, and the, world's en- the World Ends With You as some excellent other RPGs to get into. Uh, world Ends With You really utilized the two screens on the DS well, uh, forcing you to learn to manage two characters at the same time using buttons and the stylus to control each respective character in real time. The music was also super modern and upbeat and fun. There's a remaster coming to Switch, which is great. Bring on the Switch games. Yep, we already talked about that. Lost Odyssey is as traditional as they come, with turn-based battles, but the memories the memories segments had some of the most beautiful writing I'd ever seen in a video game. Music by legend Nobuyo Umatsu, uh, too, so it's awesome. And he composed pretty much any of the great Final Fantasy game soundtracks. Oh, okay. So um, Final Fantasy IX being one of my favorites. Um, but... Uh, yeah, good points there, Alec. You know, I never got into Lost Odyssey. I'm very ashamed to say because, what was it like, four discs on the Xbox 360? It just seemed like such a, a hefty time sink. And I was in college at the time when I had it, and never got around to playing it. I would like to. Um, I know Pete is um, gonna possibly either stream that Blue Dragon or, or uh, Eternal Sonata. I think. Um, I hope he streams Lost Odyssey though, because I I really want to. To see that game, if if not playing it myself, watching someone else do do so, especially Pete. Um, World ends with you. I uh, also a game I could not get into. I um, musically, it's phenomenal. I mean, excellent, outstanding music. I love the Shibuya. Uh, Shibuya is that what it is in Japan? I think that's where it's it's set. Um, love the concept. I really do. I just I couldn't get into it because um, it it almost made too much use of the the DS. Uh, touchscreen and that was just too much going on on screen um rusty's gonna complain either way so yeah no i no it's a good game it really is (laughs) um but i just i couldn't get into it it's just it's not for me but i highly recommend it for other people um and i probably would i probably will get on switch just to give it another try who Mm -hmm. knows i might end up loving it um but he it'll be one screen right yeah, exactly. So yeah, you won't um, have to deal with the chaos. Yep. So he goes on. Ryan mentioned the nom- Necronomicon, which reminded me of Darkest Dungeon, a tough as nails RPG that, um, with overt Lovecraftian tones. The art style is awesome. Gameplay feels very D and D, and the narrator actually has done audiobooks of Lovecraft stories. Definitely That's recommend cool. if you're looking at for a challenge. That sounds awesome. I think I remember um, seeing this game advertised, and I remember it as the name would imply being very very dark like the screen itself the gameplay going on it was like almost hard to distinguish what was going on screen if, if this is the game i'm thinking about um but if it comes highly recommended from you alec i'll definitely give that a look hopefully it's on like ps4 have to take a look as well um oh wait did he say it's on pc only no i don't think he said that um but i think it's neat that the the narrator's done audiobooks for lovecraft stories that's that's really neat yeah um finally we get to the question here um, anyway, my question for you guys today, what is your favorite video game remake or remaster? One catch, no Pokemon, but mention it if it's high on your list or is actually your favorite. Mine is probably Final Fantasy four DS. It added voice acting, 3d graphics, additional story content to flesh out the new or a few of the new characters, a few of the characters more made the game more challenging. Four was very easy in the U S 
and is just overall an excellent game. I'd also say that 4 is probably the uh, best starting place for Final Fantasy to counter Rusty's 9 suggestion, um, as 4 introduces a lot of staples and story structure that most Final Fantasy afterward had followed. Many Final Fantasy games improved and expanded on those systems, making 4 a good starting point because it's somewhat simpler. Anyways, I'll stop. What system is that? Um, you can get Final Fantasy 4 on the PSP. is was remastered for that. You get the, all okay. the, the kind of the DLC that came out for it. Um, you can also get it for DS. Um, and then the, I think original some, DS or 3DS or DS. does it really matter? R- original DS, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and of course you can get it like on, I think on the, the PS1 like Chronicles or something like that. It came out on so many other co- different consoles but um, originally on like the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom I think. Um, but anyways, to the question, uh, for me personally, my favorite remasters, um, I have a number of them. You know, you said Final Fantasy 4 and this wasn't originally on my list but um, it reminded me uh, of Chrono Trigger. How could you not mention kind of like a remake um, that brought to DS was one of the greatest things Nintendo Square Enix had, had ever done, I think, um, because the game on Super Nintendo is stupidly expensive. Of course, you can download it on, on, on all the virtual consoles and stuff, but to have a physical cart with a beautifully colorful, you know, manual, um, and to play that game on the DS, that's just much more streamlined in terms of loading times and everything, um, highly recommended. Few others, um, GoldenEye on the Wii, I think the anticipation for that was like unrivaled at the time for me because... You know, I'm such a, a huge fan of the N64 game. Um, granted, I was kind of greatly disappointed. Um, it was not what I wanted it to be. Um, you know, Daniel Craig was was playing um, James Bond as opposed to Pierce Brosnan. Um, or, or his likeness, I should say, was the, was the character model. Some of the levels were changed entirely. Multiplayer was garbage, I thought. Um, but I think playing the damn level in the very beginning... Um, was actually a complete throwback and perfectly done for me. Um, just being able to replay that level alone, I think, was enough for me. Um, so that was good. That was fun. Um, I think, you know, maybe just talking about, like, remakes or remasters, I think what Nintendo's doing with their classic consoles, like the Super Nintendo Classic and then NES Classic, mm-hmm. um, now, granted, they need to learn how to stock the shelves properly, and I think they're they're getting there with that. Um, but I think that's great. Ocarina of Time 3D, it was the only time that I've played through Ocarina of Time in its entirety. Playing that on the 3DS in college was one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had in gaming. Um, yeah, that's I, where I played it as well. And you hated it? Well, yeah. Not all of it. It was just not what everyone else remembers. Yeah. Well, I mean... I did like having a giant two-handed sword, though, opposed to, like, the Master Sword. Yeah. And fighting a giant boar guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Ocarina of Time is just an absolute classic. And so play, being able to play that on the 3DS and is great. Majora's Mask, um, I've not gotten or played because time, uh, I, uh, timed things and levels when you have to do things like That's in a restricted time it really gives me anxiety. I've never played, I've played it, but not to completion or not much of it. I've never really played Dead Rising. Um, Majora's Mask scares me. Um, I really want to play Lightning Returns, the third and the trilogy of Final Fantasy Thirteen games. But like, I, I love the idea of Lightning, like having different like clothes to kind of modify her um, abilities, and that's fin- that's just such a great gameplay or a game design choice. But the fact that I'm on a timer just scares the heck out the heck out of me. I can't I can't get myself to play the game. If they remaster the Final Fantasy games, um, which I think they they will because next year is the ten year anniversary for Final Fantasy thirteen. Um, I'll play it then, but until then, time things and games scare me. 
the last one I'll mention is a game, a remaster, a collection of games that I will sadly never play because I will never own this console. That being the Xbox One, the game being Rare Replay. This is something that young Rusty has dreamed about for years. Getting a collection of some of arguably, maybe, my favorite developer, back in the day at least, and some of their greatest games on one disc is simply amazing. You know, Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Tooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, the fact that you were able to play all those games on one disc is amazing, but it's sadly only on Xbox One. And uh, for that reason alone, I'll probably never play it because I'm not getting an Xbox because I'm not forking over 200 bucks for a console where um, there's only like three games that I want to play. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, those are my choices. Okay. Uh, mine, what, or I guess... What I really want for Switch is having Sunshine ported to that console. That'd be awesome. that would be a great remaster. A lot of people have asked for that. Have they? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's unfortunate, but I think they'd probably. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's I I doubt they would remaster Wii games. Um, I guess they did GameCube at a Wii. Those like, are GameCube. Like Pikmin and Mario Tennis. They they ported, but um, I feel like they do the Galaxy games, Mario Galaxy games, before they would do uh, Sunshine. I like Galaxy more than Sunshine, but I would prefer them to remaster Sunshine for Switch because, one, it's it's older, and I think it's in need of a graphical update. Um, I've never played the Galaxy games. Are oh, my good? gosh, dude. Dude. I mean... What makes them so good? Oh, the orchestral sh- soundtrack, dude. It is... Okay, besides the soundtrack. Beautiful. The level design, graphically, it's so impressive. You go to different planets, okay, and it's instead of picture frames. Okay. And each planet is completely unique in its design, and you get stars, you know, as you normally yeah. do. Um, it made excellent use of the motion controls. You, like, kind of point the controller at the screen to kind of collect these little gems, okay? Mm-hmm. You can shoot them at enemies and stuff. Um, I, dude, it's it's a complete package. Musically, it's great. Graphics, amazing. The, the, the level designs are... It's Nintendo, bro. Like, yeah. you just need to play Galaxy. And then Galaxy 2 introduced Yoshi. So you got to, like... You are a big fan of Yoshi. He's my favorite Nintendo character. Really? Yeah. I don't know who my favorite is. Uh, Yoshi and Diddy Kong are, like, my favorites. Okay. Um, Yeah. Mine's Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. No, I know. I have no idea. Um, um, so, so yeah, remasters, go. remasters, um, Skyrim. I really liked being able to mod on a console. Yeah, that was awesome. So yeah, um, along with the graphical updates, because um, we've been able to mod on PC for such a long time, but having console or gamers being able to do the same kind of thing was great. Um, and it was a really easy menu to do. Um, and then Halo, I think, is the big one for me. Oh, uh, playing yeah. through the original. And I mean, the graphics going back to the original Xbox were pretty rough, but seeing the remastered, it well, was really cool. What was amazing too with um, Combat Evolved, like Anniversary Edition on the Xbox 360, you could talk, like, click a button and go back to the old graphics yeah. and then new one. And when you're like, when you play it on the original Xbox, yeah, when you go on the original Xbox, like, you don't really realize the difference until you can just do it in real time, like right away. It's like, whoa, there's a huge difference here. Yeah. That was so cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think they did two as well, right? Because it was one and two. 
so the graphical style of three. Only one was remastered on the Xbox 360, but then for the Xbox One, they had the Master Chief Collection, yeah, which had like all of them at that point. Yeah, because that's the one I played was the Master Chief. Oh, okay, collection. gotcha. Yeah. Can you do that? Like toggle the button on? Yeah, on you all can. Of, oh gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, so that was that was cool, um, and then I, I would say Pokemon is the one I put. So many hours into Omega Ruby. I mean, you've put nearly six, seven hundred hours into that, right? Close to seven hundred hours. Yeah. So I have to mention it. Yeah. Even I mean, though I was asked not to, um, it was just playing through the original, like my first time. I I just loved Omega Ru- or the Ruby version. So getting it as a kind of a updated graphically, putting it on the 3ds, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are your choices? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying. Um, Alec gave me a caveat to not mention Pokemon. Um, I kind of made a, a rule for myself that I wasn't going to mention Kingdom Hearts because clearly the remastered version of my favorite game of all time would be my, my first choice. Um, I mean, I think it's absolutely incredible that on one disc I can play Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, Birth by Sleep, um, uh, chain, Rechain of Memories. Or whatever. I mean, every single game. I, I well, I guess on two discs because um, the 2.8 HD prologue chapter 358 over two days. Mm-hmm. You know, Other words that make this title much longer. Whatever. Um, has basically a demo for Kingdom Hearts 3, which is amazing. Um, it's like an hour, two hours of Aqua. Um, and then it had Dream Drop Distance, the 3DS game remastered. Um, so yeah, those would also be on my list of favorite remasters. But, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, all I have to say about remasters. But we can uh, get into kind of the main topic of the the show here. Let me just pull this up. So, basically, what Ryan and I want to do is just kind of, I guess, first maybe talk about what might be kind of our contender for Game of the Year, some of the favorite, our favorite games we played this year, um, and then kind of going through the, uh, the calendar here. I have a list of games that are coming out through uh, the rest of the year and just kind of talk about what we're most anticipating. Um, but maybe preface this by saying, I think I said it earlier in the show. <coughs> oh, bless oh, you, man. Excuse me. Um, but, uh, Ow. <laughs> it's always great when your sneezes hurt. Ah, I know. Um, but yeah, maybe preface it by saying is that I know for me, especially like I don't play games on uh, release usually. Um, that'll differ for a couple of games coming out in the fall that I do want to play like day one. Um, but a lot of the games that I've been playing this year that will be on my top 10 games of the year, uh, or games that came out in, in years ago in some cases. Um, but yeah, so Ryan, I don't know how, how we want to start this. We're kind of like, didn't really prepare for this segment very well. We kind of just going to, yeah, I just went off fly by the of pants that were out in 2018. Okay. Um, so what so, are some of your favorites, I guess? So some of my favorites are, I really like Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah. Um, I like the open world aspect where I can walk into a place that I'm completely unprepared for. Um, Walking both from the start of the game into end game and to mid game. And then there's the other path, which is the path of least resistance, which is kind of the easier starting path. Um, I think that's a really cool concept. And the later ones didn't really take that on as well. It's more linear. You can't explore harder place or end game stuff. Which, I mean, it has its merits for you not getting, like, a endgame weapon or, like, a drop. Granted, you have to kill something that drops it. Yeah. But you can also, like, two-shot some of the earlier bosses, mm-hmm. which is fun to do, especially in a Dark Souls game, like the Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. I three-shot 
the first gargoyle and like one and a half shot the second one. Wow, that's that's impressive. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I want his tail weapon, and uh, I killed him too quickly. Nice. Which is a good problem to have in a yeah. game that wants you to be dead. Um, Monster Hunter, for playing it the first time, like that series, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, granted, most of these or my next two games are on my top ten list, but Monster Hunter, it was just beautiful, and seeing. It on a console because it's the one of the first ones on a console and seeing the hype and how well it did and getting to play that day one and having that entire group of people i mean it was it was crazy how quick you could get into hunts yeah yeah no I, yeah and i think i've said this many times before in, in previous episodes that um, i just played so many open world games leading up to the release of, of monster hunter world that when i got it I just was not in the mood for a open world game like that. Um, but we have played a, a, a little bit of it together, mm-hmm. and, and I've enjoyed my time quite a bit. I just, um, yeah, I'm sure there'll there'll come a day when I, I just really want to play Monster Hunter, and at that point, I'll probably just put like fifty plus hours into it. So. Yeah, I they I was looking at a video this morning. They did a crossover between Final Fantasy and uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah, it was yeah. the Behemoth. Yeah, and it's. The armor looks amazing, and the armor is actually for like tailored towards the insect glaive, oh, which is nice. like the air spinny staff thing. And um, so I need to get back into that because I want that armor now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I have a fully maxed out insect glaive. Um, I'm using um, the Nergigante one, and then um, the next game would be God of War four. I think this is. The one that I would say should be game of the year for me, or would be game. Of I the think year. it's probably gonna be on most people's like, especially game publishing magazines. It's probably gonna be like almost everyone's top game. Yeah, it was amazing. Both the gameplay, how it revitalized the series, um, how it changed up from the like Greek gods to the Norse gods. Um, just the yeah, the story was amazing. It didn't feel like it dragged at any point. I mean, ultimately, you're gonna have some roadblocks and you're going to have to backtrack or do like a, how do we get over this obstacle? Yeah. Which I've heard some complaints about, but ultimately it, if it's straight towards the end goal and there's no deviations from that, like a very linear walk, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be a really short story. Yeah. Having, I mean, it'd be like any other God of war. It would be 10 hours, 12 hours. Yeah. This one's like a 30 hour game, which is great. Yep. No, I, I agree entirely. I'm so sorry. I, uh, yeah, I was like, you're cringing. I like kinked you're, my neck uh, yeah, right before doing? we started recording. And like, it's like one of those things where like you have to hold your head like sideways because it hurts so much. He's being a wuss. And uh, so like I'm like over here trying to like press into the knots <laughs> and undo them and just like. Yeah, out of my peripheral, I see like him just wincing. I was like, oh, my, my comments gosh. are not that offensive. No, and it, I haven't said anything mean about you yet. It so. hurts yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, it hurts so bad. So I apologize if I'm like weird in this episode. Um, so yeah. is that it for you? No. So um, I also, I bought the Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, it was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I've played a bit. Um, I kind of got distracted once Dark Souls came out. Yeah. Yeah, with that one. Um, but it, it's cool to be able to play as those characters. We were, What game did we play? Was it Xenoverse that we hated oh, yeah. because it was crap? Yeah. 
We did not enjoy that. Yeah, we played Z- Dragon Ball Fight or not Dragon Ball Xenoverse, and it made no sense. Like, there's a central hub, and then like you're supposed to fight time travelers, but it's so unclear what you have to do, and it's well, we played like 45 minutes asking what the heck are we doing with our lives. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is basically just. You have a little central hub, nothing elaborate, just a small area, um, and it's all about doing a um, what two D fighter. Use a lot of the animations and really cool animations um, that made you feel like you're part of an episode yeah. of Dragon Ball Z. No, graphically, it's really amazing. Um, I guess that would also be one for stylistic games. Oh, yeah. Being able to emulate the cartoons or the anime was really good. Um, And then also Celeste. I got that one. I haven't put a lot of time into it. Yeah. I do enjoy platformers. I don't have... I mean, most of the platformers you play are on PS2, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't have that system. But wait, Mario would be considered a platformer, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean... a lot of them are on N64. N64 and PS2, PS1. Yeah. So, I mean, this it, it's cool to get back to um, a platformer. I also really like the... Um, I totally missed this one. The ports of the um, Mario N64 or the, um, the original S- one. Yeah. The, the side-scrolling Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Playing through those on 3DS was great. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, what about you, Twitchy? Dude, it hurts so bad. Like, I, it's getting, like, worse by the second. Don't be a little bitch. Um, <laughs> gosh, it hurts. Midway. All right, so back to the episode that uh, <laughs> we did not complete last week because of many, many reasons. As yes. you guys heard, I really strained my back last week for really no apparent reason. I uh, was... Right before we press record, as I explained earlier, something kinked, and I just pulled a, like, a little spasm and uh, couldn't get the knots out in, during the episode. So. It's really taxing to talk into mics, and yeah. he just he overexerted himself. And Basically, I forced Ryan to go to Walmart. I don't know and... if it was forced. It was you were like screaming swear words, and I was just thinking about him, like If he's in this section with a bunch of Icy Hot, and he's just swearing up a storm, that's probably not the best idea. Probably not. And I, was, and I was going to walk because it, I, I literally could not sit down, like even on the couch. Like I couldn't get – because it's crazy how much of your body like affects other parts of your body. And yeah, so, your like, spine surprisingly juts supports, out. like everything. <laughs> yeah, and so, all your nerves. Um, yeah, so I wasn't able to really do anything and I was just going to walk to Walmart and Ryan was like, okay, I'm going to go. And he bought me like $50 worth of Icy Hot products. <laughs> yeah. So one of them, Lauren, was um, had to help me because I couldn't even like really raise my arms. And it was essentially like this like little nerve thing that shoots out like little electrodes into your like your body. And so I put this thing on my back, or Lauren did, and you can increase the intensity by pressing like this little plus button. And so she was like increasing the intensi- intensity, and I was like like spazzing out like my shoulders. I like, were like jolting, and I wasn't even like having control over my body. Did it feel good though? You said it helped a little bit. Sort of. It it felt weird more than anything. It didn't hurt at all. It just felt odd. And yeah, I, I think control. it's supposed to like contract and yeah, like just release. Yeah, like as a massage. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. Um, well, I've never bought icy hot before, and there were like creams and there were tubes of stuff, and yeah. then there was that. And I'm like, 
he's writhing in pain over there, swearing, and I don't, I don't know your intensity. So yeah, well, and it's rough because you guys, there was something going on in town that day that I couldn't go to, which is really frustrating because it's something that goes on yearly, and I didn't get to get to go. I didn't get to go last year because it was during the weekend of Lauren and I's wedding. Um, which of course freaking doesn't take priority which of course takes priority um and then this weekend of course or last weekend of course i just was completely out of commission i was basically just laying in this weirdo like <laughs> circular like leopard chair that lauren and i have that basically you kind of just sink into and just playing like n64 all night which yeah and then sucked. we were going to record monday or tuesday mm-hmm. but then i tweaked my back my like my lower back yeah. so i don't i don't know we're getting old like mid twenties, you just start falling apart. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I yeah. mean, you know, it, once you hit the mid twenties, I mean, they they say twenty five yeah. is the new seventy five. So, um, I think I heard that on Doctor Phil. The other yeah, day. yeah, I think he did say that. Um, I was his guest host that day, or was his guest? I can't remember. It was like uh, Carrot Top. I think Carrot Top was there. Oh, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to see Carrot Top? Look, we were actually on Meacham's chat on uh, on. Um, Twitch TV. We were talking the other night about Carrot Top for some reason. There was a period of time where Carrot Top like got super jacked, like yeah. jacked, and then he had like plastic surgery, and now he looks like something out of a Rob Zombie film, like one like, of the Kardashians, kind of, yeah, but only creepier. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I caution all of the listeners to, if you want to see what Carrot Top looks like nowadays, check it out, or you can just watch the rerun of him on Doctor Phil, and they talk about you know twenty five is the new seventy five, but. In any case, we have uh, you know about an hour or so left to record oh. here. Yeah, he's a freak of nature, kind of. Well, I'm sure he has a great personality. He looks like the girl from Toothless. Ew. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like a freak of nature, not, like not in the way of like Terry Crews, like just jacked, like you know, freak of nature, like freak of nature, like it's. He needs to consult someone for what is some help name? or something. Toothless. What oh, is, that's toothless. Oh, you it's mean a Disney movie? How to tra- no? It's a DreamWorks movie. How to Train Your Dragon? No, 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 no. I'm talking the female toothless with um, Christy Alley. Oh no, that was just called like the Tooth Fairy. No, it's called Toothless. Look, according to IMDb, Toothless. Oh yeah, see, I never saw that movie. Yeah. So okay, Christy Alley. Um. Yeah, that's what Carrot Top looks like. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, we have, you know, rest of an episode. Ryan kind of talked about some of the games that he's enjoyed most this year. I didn't really get into that. And, um, you know, I, it was funny, like at work, um, I was like kind of, uh, we're not at work, but like after, you know, maybe I shouldn't get into that. That's bad. Uh, it was my first week on the job. So it was, it's pretty, yeah, let's, we, yeah, it's pretty slow. But in any case, I, I kind of created this spreadsheet basically detailing all the games that I've completed this year and all of the games that I kind of plan to complete, and then even um, breaking it down into year of release, because most of the time, the games that I play aren't in the year of their release. So, for example, eight of the games that I've beaten this year were released in 2017, only two of which have been released this year. Um, of course, there are a couple games on the horizon that we'll get to that um, are high contenders for not only game of the year, but games that I plan to beat within this year. Uh, but yeah. right now, I think the... The, the count is 37 games that I've beaten this year, um, ranging from the year 2000 all the way to this year. So um, kind of like wow. a, a nice broad range of, of, of games um, from both genres and year release. So I actually already have my 10 or actually have nine games placed in my top 10 games of the year so far. And 
have possible contenders, honorable mentions, and everything. So it'll be really interesting to see some of these games coming out in the you know subsequent months whether they can come onto the, the list or maybe even knock some. I don't think anything's going to top number one. Number one is pretty pretty set in stone. Um, but we'll see. You know, we have a lot of games to talk about here on the horizon. But I did want to quickly mention some games that have come out this year that I haven't played yet. I might get to, but um, a few in particular I know I'm not going to play. So Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom came out in February or January, I think, of this year. It was kind of, um, you know, of course, the sequel to the original Nino Kuni. Um, Wrath of the White Witch, I think, was the name. What's Nino Kuni? Nino Kuni was actually a level 5 and Studio Ghibli kind of collaborated to make this kind of epic role-playing game um, in a similar vein to like a Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. Okay. Had a unique um, kind of concept where you kind of had these like little familiars that were like Pokemon um, yeah. that you that fought alongside you. It was really pretty intense opening to the story too. You play this young man, young boy named Oliver, and you end up going into almost like this dreamlike world. Um, I don't know all the details because I never That's played it. That's a cool it. animation style. I mean, it kind of looks like um, Wind Waker almost. Well, it's Studio Ghibli. I mean, Studio Ghibli did the the animation. So Ponyo, My Name or Totoro, Spirit yeah. Away, those types of things. They kind of helmed the, I guess, the production in that sense for, for animation. Um, so that's one game I'll probably hold off until like maybe next summer. I love kind of saving a, a kind of a, a long, epic JRPG for, for like the summer months because that's typically where, where, when work is kind of slow for me. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to play that eventually. I know it did, it was not as well received as the first, actually a lot of people were very, very disappointed. Um, but I guess I'll be the judge of that when I play it for myself. Um, another one that I want to play is Far Cry 5. I've always been a huge fan of the series. Um, was except not for a, Primal. Except for Primal. I was not a, a, not a fan of that. It was not, it wasn't for me, even though I thought the concept was brilliant. I just couldn't get into that game. Um, God of War, of course, is probably going to be on any you know magazine editorial or like video game sites, IGN, Your Giant Bombs are probably all going to be um, having that game as probably within like the top three. There's some games coming out later in the year that might top the number one, but but God of War just really took. It's not that it took people by surprise, but it was definitely um, you know Santa Monica Studios took the series in a new direction with with this new God of War, and clearly they did a lot of things right. It got tens across the board, so I definitely want to play that. I don't know when I'll get to it. Hopefully by the end of the year, if there's a little bit of a dry spout, maybe in uh, November, December, kind of waiting for Smash. But Vampire is another one that um, I love anything, um, you know, revolving vampires, whether it's, you know, TV shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or even games. Um, you know, I talked about, I might have even talked about this already in the earlier in the episode, I can't even remember, but um, the Legacy of Kane games, the second one, Blood, o- Blood Omen 2 on the PS2 is a really kind of ridiculously dark um, action game. But anything, re- you know, around art or uh, vampires I love. And Vampire seemed to have a, almost like Mass Effect vibe to it or Bioware game type mm-hmm. of thing where there was a lot of like dialogue choices and even I think moral, you know, good and bad type choices that you can make in the game that looked really interesting. Yeah. Um, so Do you usually go good or bad? It really depends, honestly. Like the Fable games, I think I played, I, I played Fable 2 at least two or three times and I think I ran through the game as both good and bad. Um, but my my gut choice and reaction to that is I usually play them good like certainly the Mass Effect games um I tried to make as many morally good Sound yeah decisions. choices as I could um but yeah I mean if it's a game that I love enough I'll play through it multiple times to see both you know sides to the story um but yeah so Vampire I'll definitely wait till that I mean I'm assuming Black Friday I'm gonna be able to grab that game for 20 bucks just because it really it really was not received well I don't think it um from a sales standpoint, really performed very well either. 
But yeah, uh, but yeah we'll see. I, I definitely want to play it at some point. Dark Souls Remastered, I'll probably just borrow from you. Yeah. Um, I, of course, played that back in the day on Xbox 360, and I, I never beat it. Uh, I got to the Gaping Dragon and unfortunately just gave up because I was in college and didn't have the time to kind of learn all the nuances of that fight. But another one that I really, really, really want to play that came out probably two years ago now, maybe it was last year, uh, was is the Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition that came out earlier in the spring that basically kind of has all the DLC that came along with Final Fantasy XV um, and any other, you know, kind of goodies that came out, um, probably some extra weapons and all that kind of stuff. I definitely want to play that because Final Fantasy XV was, was one upon release that I, I definitely wanted to play, but I just didn't have the time. Did so. it get good ratings, Fifteen? Yeah, I, I think it certainly wasn't as... Um, what is the, when there's two opposing sides to like an opinion? What is that polarizing? I guess as Final Fantasy 13 was, mm-hmm. I think for the most part people were like, yeah, this is this is a great Final Fantasy game. It's okay. not seven good or anything. It's not going to like break barriers in terms of the genre. But I think it was more well received across the board than 13 was. So, so I don't know if you can co-op that, can you? No, I mean it makes sense if you could, but I don't because it's a bunch of bros on a car trip. Right? Yeah, but I don't think you can. So. Okay. Um, so I'll just get that whatever DLC package you were talking about at the same time you do. Yeah. And we could play through it at the same time at least. That'd be fun. Yeah. So I think Royal Edition, when it's like 30 bucks, I'll definitely get that. But but those are the games that kind of came out this year that I haven't got, either already have like in my my backlog or games I definitely want to eventually play, probably get into next year. I mean, it's like, like I said, I beat eight games already from 2017. It'll probably be very similar next year where I'll have like eight or nine games beaten from 2018. Yeah. So... Let's get into, I have a list up from Game Informer. They kind of like detail all the games for each month coming out um, across all systems, even including PC, Steam, whatever. Yeah. And so we're going to go down the list here, kind of just um, shooting these off. If there's a game that Ryan and I want to discuss in greater length, we will. Um, otherwise, you know, games like FIFA 19 don't really require any discussion. The worst. Yeah. Not excited. No. It's going to get a zero across the board. No, I like FIFA every now and again. But I, I got 18, so I don't really have any desire to play 19. Although I do want to get... Update your list for $400. <laughs> I do want to get Madden 19. It came out yesterday um, because Antonio Brown, AB number 84, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, fastest guy in the field, um, is on the front cover. So hopefully it's not the kiss of death. Death because they usually say that there was the Madden curse that anyone that was on the cover had like a terrible year, either broke a leg or just really had a poor season. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, as much as I don't really like this guy, probably more because he's just the best to ever play the game at quarterback is, is Tom Brady was on the cover last year mm-hmm. and he didn't seem to have a poor year. I mean, didn't he, he hurt his hand though before the Super Bowl? Did he? Then he lost the Super Bowl. Well, he definitely lost. I um, think he heard it during practice from one of his own teammates. He may have that. that that's yeah. very well possible, um, but it didn't really seem to cause him too much of a problem because he still lost. Well, I think he still performed well in the Super Bowl, though, from what I remember. I, I can't recall. I just know that the Eagles won. So yeah, all that I care about is that the the Patriots didn't win. But my point being here is that I I might get nineteen because AB's on the cover and uh, Dean, if you're listening, yeah, go break Steelers. a leg, go Steelers, bro. Um, okay, so one game I want to talk about that actually came out yesterday as well um, because I. We're recording this on August 11th, so we're only going to talk about games coming out from here on out. Um, but I do want to talk about that came out yesterday was We Happy Few. I kind of briefly mentioned this, you know, earlier on, I think, when I was talking about Dishonored, because Dishonored has a very similar art style to this game. And I pulled this game up on Wikipedia because the art style alone kind of intrigued me, um, and I wanted to kind of just get an idea of what this game was about. And so I want to read this because anyone that isn't aware of it, this might kind of spark your um, interest. And so this came out on PS4, P3, 
PC and Xbox One. Oh, this and, looked creepy. And so this is the kind of the opening premise is what this says here. So the game's universe takes place within an alternate timeline stemming from an alter- alternative version of World War II in which the final solution occurred much earlier, but with catastrophic, catastrophic consequences for both Nazis and Jews. As as a result of Germany establishing a second German empire that sex successfully invades and occupies Great Britain, Great Britain, gaining control over the British Empire while continuing its war across Europe. During the country's uh, occupation, Britain is um, contaminated as the result of a chemical warfare experiment gone wrong, forcing the inhabitants of the fictional island city of Wellington Wells to do something terrible in order to survive. So although this succeeds, it sub- 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 subsequently fills uh, the inhabitants with immense anguish and guilt over their actions. And this is where it gets really interesting. Leading to the invention of a new hallucinogenic drug called, quote-unquote, joy. A drug that suppresses all unhappy memories, given the name We Happy Few, leaving its user to exhibit immense joy and happiness, but subjects them to decreased recognition of moral and long-term consequences and leaves them easily manipulable. Um, So I don't know. I just felt like that premise just sounds so interesting. It really has like a... Um, Aldous Huxley's like Brave New World and George Orwell's 1984 type vibe to it um, yeah. as far as like this, you know, um, utopian, you, you know, universe or whatever. So that kind of stuff just always really intrigues me. And so We Happy Few is probably another game I'll try and pick up for, you know, 30 bucks down the road, maybe at Black Friday or whatever. Yeah, no, I saw gameplay for this and it looked really interesting. I always like dysfunctional utopias, mm-hmm. even though that's kind of contradictory, but... Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it sounds really interesting. Um, definitely right up my alley. It, it looks like it plays relatively similarly to <laughs> Dishonored. Uh, what's right up my alley? You know, dysfunctional things where there's no moral choices well, no, and you I can mean, just murder your friends. Exactly. And, no. I mean, Dishonored yeah. and things like that really kind of have a similar vibe and premise to it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited about that. Going down the list here, um, Death's Gambit is coming to PS4 on August 14th. I have no idea what that is. Um, Phantom Doctrine is another one that I'm not very aware of what that is, also coming out on the 14th. What I am excited about is The Walking Dead, the final season, episode one, comes out August 14th as, as well, PS4, Xbox One. And so, Ryan, I think you and I talked about this, that during October, I want to play through the season one yeah. um, of Walking Dead because it's just so gripping and it's like watching, you know, just a, a movie or a series of things that you, or a TV series that you just cannot break away from because yeah. the characters are so likable. The story is... Um, just has very extreme consequences to your decisions. It's kind of like a, a point and click type game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll probably wait on the final season. I really love to be able to play through everything in its entirety. You know, episodes one through five. Yeah, having no break between. Um, but yeah, do you, so for each chapter for each season or whatever. Do your choices carry over to the next game? Yes, okay. I believe so. Um, because there are certain decisions. Certainly, and I'm not going to spoil anything, of course, but. <clears throat> excuse me there's certain decisions you make at the end of the first game um for for clementine she's mm-hmm. like the main protagonist yeah um that really kind of changes her either outlook or the way she carries herself mm-hmm. that i think certainly has an impact on the second game um, so do you like enter a code into the second game to say hey this is the ending i got you know it's funny you say that because um i started two on the vita and i played of course season one on 360 and I want to say that since I didn't play one on Vita, although I do have episode one on Vita, and I'll play, when we and I play, I'll yeah. be playing uh, one on Vita. But I think it asked me in the beginning of the game, since it basically said, like, we don't recognize that you have a save file in here for season one. 
Um, did you play season one? And then if you have, I, it has you answer a series of questions based on the decisions you made. I think. Okay. It was. A, it's been a while since I played season two, um, but I do want to say that. And, and so, um, I mean, for you, you're starting fresh. So it doesn't really matter. But um, when you play season two, you'll have to do that. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, super excited for Walking Dead. If you if any of you have not played it out there, it's across pretty much all platforms at this point, except for like Nintendo consoles. So. Um, even if you only have Nintendo, I'm sure you can get it on Steam for, for super cheap. Yeah, um, no, I watched Game Player the entire season one a long time ago. So. Okay, well, hopefully you didn't spoil a ton of stuff for yourself because it's it's really important to be able to go through that kind of raw and with no spoilers. What, season one? Yeah. I watched the entire season. I'm not talking about the show. You watched the season no, one game. of the game. Well, that's freaking ridiculous why would you do that to yourself because i didn't want to play it i didn't have time to play it so i just watched the game or someone else make the decisions okay well you definitely need to i mean it's it's a lot different when the controller's in your hand and you're driving the story so hopefully it's i mean honestly even if even though you saw it it almost doesn't even matter because i don't remember anything about the plot that and the way you're gonna drive the story is completely different than joe schmo who played it on game grumps or whatever Um, whoa 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 it was i don't know who it was Dude, that was so long ago. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's 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 better to go in fresh than who having a, a vivid... Maybe B-double-O or something. Memory. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, yeah. World of Warcraft Battle of A- for Azeroth on the PC. I'm assuming this is an expansion. This isn't like the... Whenever the new... Hopefully... I don't know. That I don't think that's the new, the old like new the servers. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it is either. I think that's a completely new expansion, which is... Can we just talk about how crazy that is? I mean, I think WoW came out in 2004... It wow. Been, it's been out for like 14 years now. Oh, look at you over there. <laughs> um, yeah. When you laugh, you need to pull away from your I mic. know. I realized that like halfway through my laugh. Because that just like is going to kill people. I was like all oh, balls. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. So I really want to uh, play Vanilla WoW. I don't think that Battle for Azeroth is that. I think it's just more uh, uh, an expansion. But, um, yeah. It looks cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for people that are still playing WoW, first of all, I hope the rest of your life is in order. Yeah. <laughs> um, and second of all, I mean, more wows. I probably the sun is still out there. You yeah. Know, you, you know, I mean, not today. It's terribly rainy and really dreary. Really gross. Um, Cosmic Star Heroin is coming to Switch. I feel like this is like a re-release of an already existing game. Um, it really sounds like a very like either Japanese RPG or like visual novel, maybe like some kind of action game. I can't. Yeah, it's it looks kind of interesting. Oh, that looks more like, a, like, a, like a resource management type yeah. game. Interesting. It looks like turn-based RPG. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the next one is something that I probably will get down the line. It, it's it's baffling to me that it's coming out at such a low price. Is Shenmue 1 and 2 HD. So, of course, Shenmue was this series that completely blew people away back in, what was it, 1999 when it came out on the Sega Dreamcast. Um, it was essentially a predecessor to, to Grand Theft Auto, um, I don't even want to begin to assume I know what the story is about because I have no clue, but I think just graphically it was so impressive for people. And just the fact that you could like go into shops on the street and actually interact with things in, you know, the world, um, really was just took people sur- by surprise. Um, but I'd like to play them because, you know, it was crazy that a couple of E3s ago when they did a Kickstarter for Shenmue three, it like surpassed its asking budget and like. 15 hours or overnight it like it got like well over a million dollars um funded because the shenmue fan base is 
is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's almost incomparable to other kind of. I don't want to say under. What makes them ridiculous? Oh, they're just they adore the franchise, uh-huh. and they were clamoring for a third game that never released. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just like Half Life Three. You know, if if Valve came out and said like, well, we can't fund this game ourselves, which they could. They they're loaded with money between all of their franchises and Steam and whatever. Um, but if Valve came out and said like, we need the the fan base's help to fund this, mm-hmm. that game would be funded three million dollars overnight. Like you know, easily. Like, oh yeah, because easily. I mean. And the fan base for Half-Life 3 is just, you know, astronomically more significant yeah. than Shenmue. But uh, I think still Shenmue is just seems like a really interesting kind of like open world 3D, three-dimensional like action game is, I guess, maybe how I would describe it. It's, I think it was the predecessor to Yakuza, which is, of course, a series that has really kind of blown up over the past few years um, on PS3 and PS4. Um, those games were originally on the PS2, mm-hmm. 3, and then a 4 now as well. Um, most recently, I think earlier this month, the Yakuza Zero came out on the. If Isn't I'm not... Yakuza like a gang? Yeah, it's like a street, you know, Japanese, yeah, gang essentially. Okay. Um, I might be, yeah, Yakuza. How did you pronounce it? Yakuza. I think... Yeah, I can't. I don't know how you. If it's Yakuza or like, I don't know. If if Joe you put like form a of British X twist on or um, <laughs> you know, if whoever's listening is that's lives in Japan or is Japanese, you'll know how to pronounce it. Doesn't really matter. Uh, moving along on the list here, uh, what else we got? Guacamole, Guacamole 2 was a game that um, was kind of like an indie platformer that came out back in the day. Uh, not back in the day. It was just a few years ago. Um, you're like this, um, what do they call like those those Mexican um, wrestlers that have like those masks on? Uh, luchadors? Something like that. Because um, there was that movie with uh, Jack Black, like Nacho Libre or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. So you're basically one of those guys and it's like a, it's a beautifully um animated 2d side-scrolling platformer uh the second one comes out later this month on ps4 and pc but i feel like the first or the i feel like the second one already came out on other consoles i could be wrong but uh guacamelee 2 looks like a really fun just beautiful animated 2d platformer so if that's your thing definitely check that out um f1 2018 i feel like that's more of like a european specific audience um they're really big into like the f1 racing yeah Uh, not my thing what about you uh, I like Need for Speed. Yeah, like, there was Need for for Speed. Well, wait, going way back on Xbox, like Burnout. So that was a separate series. Oh, Burnout. Oh, okay, I'm thinking, was it Paradise Island or whatever? So yeah, Burnout Paradise came out on 360 and PS3. Um, Burnout Three Takedowns, by what you're thinking of, because that's what Lauren has in our room. Um, Maybe Burnout Three Take. I mean, Burnout Two was was okay. I played that on the GameCube, but Burnout Three Takedown, like really was like the launching point for that well, there's series. one where you could like crash a car and like based off of what you like yeah it was like hit. a crash. that's that's three that's take yeah yeah that was the greatest um yeah so much fun that's... so many like co-op hours playing that oh yeah it was yeah it was really just an interesting premise how they were like because most racing games it's like you need to you know navigate through all the other you know cars because you don't want to run into them and this like essentially rewarded you for yeah. doing that you're like, oh, I racked up a million dollars worth of damage, and then you explode your car, and then everything, just, you get so much more money. Yeah, it's no, th- that game is really fun. And so, um, F1 is not that. It's very, like, Gran Turismo-esque, where it's it's more of, like, a racing simulation game. Um, the other game here... Wait, wait, what was the newest Need for Speed? Wasn't it, like, Need for Speed, like, give us more money? Or, like... Pretty much. Well... It was, like, Empty Pockets or something? No, because there was, like, um, Drive Club... There, there was like a lot of like essentially MMO payback. That's what it was. Oh, payback. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't paid attention to the Need for Speed series since Most Wanted. Um, the Xbox 360. Well, 
there was most one on the Xbox, and then that like got revamped for the 360. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Need for Speed was Underground Two. I just being able to soup up your car with just like ridiculous um, cosmetically, and then getting like you know uh, what is a nitrogen oxide or whatever yeah. it is uh, that you like get the um, super boost or whatever. No, those games are so fun. I just haven't enjoyed it because I feel like they got away from like the arcadey aspect and it was more, it, it takes itself more seriously. Yeah. It's like more Gran Turismo. And it's just like, I, I, I play these games because I drive a car every day. I want to be able to, to crash a car every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, cause road rage is a real yeah, thing. No. Oh my gosh. Going to the parents' house to s- shovel dirt. There was this person who just blatantly next to the Chipotle turned out. And I was going like 45 speed limit. I was following the road. Pulled out just going five miles per hour. And I barely honk my horn. And this deserved it. But I have like the lame Honda horn. Yeah. So it's like someone got kicked in the nads. Yeah. And Mm. you're like trying to sound furious. You're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I was so pissed. Because what... You have like a what, a 2006 Accord? It's, uh, nine. Nine? Okay. Civic. Because, okay, you have a Civic. Okay, because Lauren, I guess, has the Accord. Because um, I have a 2017 Civic, and I feel like even my horn is very lame. Yeah, no. Honda does not do horns well. I mean, really, what we should do is just put a train horn in there. Can you imagine? Like, one, I would probably crap myself if or like, someone um, had a train horn. What and are those I- things like... Uh, uh, like you travel the world with, like the wild thornberries. What are those things called? Like a, it's like a, basically a house on wheels. Essentially, what are those called? Um, an RV. Yeah, an RV. Like those horns were like crazy, like blow horns. Yeah. You need like one of those for like a Honda. Yeah. Um, because like even the other day, I was like in a parking garage and I couldn't remember because I started a new job and I forgot something at the apartment, so I had to repark, go home, whatever, come back downtown or whatever, and um, I couldn't remember if I parked on like the fir- first or like third floor, so I was like basically pressing the lock button because when you press a lock button, it typically like beeps relatively loud. But mine is just like beep, beep. It's like super subtle. And it's like, bro, if I, if I lose my car, I don't know where I'm parked. I'd like to have, I just wanted to scream. I'm over here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Rusty. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Just get like um, record yourself. Yeah. Um, like just get like John Cleese to like, basically be screaming at me that i like lost my car you idiot um just like a nice little british accent that'd be pretty sweet you idiot um, I, I yeah yeah i'm not even gonna attempt to British. yeah accent. i was like that's just english in a different pitch yeah this <laughs> other game um little dragon's cafe i'm gonna actually kind of pull this up this looked like almost a um like inventory management animal crossing with just like a really unique twist beautiful animation here um it's coming to Switch too, or maybe it already came to Switch. Um, but yeah, just like a like a really unique premise here. Let's like uh, let's I'm gonna pull this up if I can get it on like Wikipedia or something. Was it Little Dragons? Little Dragons Cafe. Um, Little Dragons Cafe. It just looked really interesting. Aw, what is that? It reminds you of Spyro almost. Sort of. Well, there's a dragon. So. Embrace your parental instincts and raise your very own dragon. Through wide decisions, yeah. proper nutrition, and empathetic nurturing, show the world the true potential of your dragon companion. Is it nature or nurture? Raise a serial killing dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Beat him. Raise still the new toothless. Yeah. No, it looks uh, it looks really neat. And then of course you have this like little cafe that you have to manage. So um, serve the people. Feeding is nurturing. So you not only cook for your neighbors but also help them with their problems to increase your popularity and general happiness of everyone around you. 
Um, yeah. I like those types of games. They're really fun. So uh, Little Dragons Cafe coming to PS4, Switch, and PC. Um, keep that on, on your radar if you're interested in those types of games. Uh, looks really fun. Monster Hunter Generations. Here's one for you. Ultimate coming Ooh. to Switch. So they originally released on the 3DS, coming to Switch August 28th, basically a complete revamp of the graphics. Um, this one came out after 4, I think, and was like very, very well received. Um, oh, so definitely, nice. if you're a Monster Hunter fan, check out Generations coming out August 28th, end of the month. Um, and you can also simultaneously pick up Pro Evo Soccer 2019, Ryan. I know you're a big fan. Oh, um, I love the sport of soccer. Nothing yeah. greater. Football, actually. It's football. Are we talking? As our European friends would describe yeah, okay. it. No. Um, no, I'm actually a huge football. fan of soccer. I played growing up, and I remember coming home from school every day, and there was like this Fox soccer channel that I watched every <laughs> single day. Yeah. Um, because they literally just played games like 24 hours a day, um, seven days a week. So I was very in love with just watching soccer. Um, didn't even matter what clubs were playing. I just I enjoyed watching the game. And, of course, I love playing it, but my knees are so screwed up now that... Yeah, I um, I played soccer when I was really little. It was like a youth thing. And, I, I mean, soccer fans or, like, soccer players, you're either, like, you don't care or you're, like, super intense and you're just, like, bleeding soccer. Yeah. And the coach, I mean, we were, like, maybe six or seven. No, oh, okay. So no idea what was going on. And, like, I was... He was just screaming at us. Really? But, like... Ryan, the ball's freaking behind you. And I'm like, dude, I really don't care about this The only this reason sport. why I'm here is because I'm going to get a Capri Sun and Dunkaroos Dude, after. I'm getting a participation trophy, and there's a pizza party at the end of the year. That's all I freaking care about. No, that was the best part of playing, like, Pee Wee League soccer. First of all, it was just a bunch. It was, like, basically a swarm of bees, like, around a ball. It didn't matter if you were, like, a forward, <laughs> midfield, or de- defense. because I didn't know those were, were things. So. All, all kids <laughs> in the cluster. field are just, yeah, clustering around the ball and kicking it and then running in towards it, and all the parents are screaming and laughing or whatever. But... The best part about soccer was snack. Was like the snack rotation. Yeah, you got gummies because like it and like depending Capri, on the parents, Capri Sun. The, yeah, they'd either bring like Capri Suns or like little or, mini uh, Gatorades. What are those um, Nutty Buddies? Those things with the layers. Is that what those are? Oh yeah, like um, Nutter Butters, Nutty Buddies, Nutter um, Nutter. It's not the peanut looking butters. Ones. Yeah, the Nutter Butters are the peanut one looking ones. The other ones... Which are the ones with layers? It's like a Little Debbie or whatever. No, 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 no. No, yeah, 100%. It's like a Little Debbie type snack. Um, sure. They're like they're almost like um, waffle-like. I don't like anything with the word Debbie in it. Well, no, <laughs> like... Little Debbie. Um, I think n- n- Nutty Buddies, something like that. No, that's a S- Swiss roll. Nutter, nut, n- nut, nutty Buddies? Uh, nutty. Yeah, we're going to figure this out, folks. Yeah, because these are the best. Nutter... Butter. But they're like wafers, right? It's like a wafer type snack. Yeah, wafers. Yeah. Um, Nutty. Yeah, you look at that. I'm going to keep going yeah, on the keep list going. here. I'm, because the other couple games here, I don't Nutty even, Buddy. Nutty it is buddy. a Nutty Buddy. Yeah. Nutter Butter. Are the ones that. Is the peanuts. And yeah, then which nutty I love buddy. those too. Yeah. Oh, they have Nutty Buddy ice cream bars. Okay, you keep kind of being infatuated oh. with like snacks over there. I'm going to. I need to go to Walmart. Yakuza. <laughs> Kiwami 2 for the PS4. There's like three Yakuza games in one month. What is this? Um, I don't well, know what that is. We got super funded. Um, Yakuza Kiwami 2 for the PS4. August 28th for all you Yakuza fans out there. Strange, Bur- Strange Burgri- Brigade? PS4, Xbox One, PC. Never heard of that. A lot of games coming out August 28th. So you got Donut County, <laughs> which sounds like a play on Donkey Kong Country. Um, check out Don- Donut County. I want to know what that's about. Yeah, Donut County. Deblob 2 Remastered, which always seemed like a fun game. I felt like 
Oh, what? If I remember correctly, De Blob was kind of like a predecessor to Splatoon in a certain sense. I feel like you had to like splatter paint all over the world. And it was like a kind of a platformer type thing. But that's coming to Switch on August 28th. Freedom Planet coming to Switch on August 30th. I don't even know what that is. Divinity. Okay, Ryan, this one's for us, I think. This might be a fun um, co-op game for us. Yeah. Divinity Original Sin 2 coming to PS4 and Xbox One August 31st. This is a very Diablo-esque, um, almost with some MMO kind of aspects to the game as well. Um, original Sin 2. You kind of play from like a bird's eye view, very similar to your your lovely um, Return of the King on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Um, but very oh. very much a loot game where you kind of just go into dungeons and. Um, oh, so we can we can loot together. We can definitely co-op for... this. Yeah. Oh, you looking at nice. it? Doesn't look sweet. Yeah, I'm game for things. Yeah. Like this. Divinity Original Sin 2. Definitely, if you're a fan of like Diablo type, like Diablo. Um, top down, you know, action RPG type thing. Definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, I think that'll be a, definitely a fun one for us. Yeah, and, then for, and you can shoot lightning. Oh, you can shoot lots of lightning. Well, of course. There's different. There's got to be like a warrior, a mage. Um, oh, I'm maging the heck out of this. Yeah, I'll probably be a warrior. Do it. Aragorn, I'll be freaking Gandalf, except probably like an elf lady. Yeah. Because she's on the cover. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. we're definitely getting that. I've always wanted to be an elf lady at heart. Don't we all dream about that? <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, any Naruto... What were you going to say? Nothing, nothing okay. appropriate. Good, good. <laughs> Naruto... T- what the heck? This is a mouthful. Naruto 2, as in like T-O. Yeah. Baruto, Shinobi Striker. Wait, not T-O-O? Just 2? Yeah. Naru- Naruto 2, like Baruto, somewhere. Shinobi Striker. <laughs> <laughs> what is that Naruto 2, Baruto. Shinobi Striker. This almost sounds like a Naruto like sounds- soccer game or something. Shinobi Striker. It, it reminds me of Striker from Wolverine 2, right? The um, one who like gave him all of his adamantium stuff. Oh, is that what his name was? Striker. Could have been. Yeah. I don't know. I liked See, I liked Wolverine. Um there wasn't Was there a second one? Was there a Wolverine? Well, I mean that's X-Men, sorry. He, he's the one. Yeah, there was a second There's like 3. There was um the first one, which was crap oh, with Deadpool. Yeah. Okay, I don't even count that one. No, and then there was the second one with the like his Asian girlfriend. It was like set in Japan. I love and that. And they movie. like really? Oh, I, I really enjoy it. I know a lot of people aren't fans. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was alright. Yeah. I, I wasn't like Over the super gung ho about it, but, but I wasn't. there is no denying that Logan is like Logan the, is the best. One of the greatest movies in all of the Marvel series of films, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that you kind of almost have to separate. I, I separate that, and it's its own category of awesome, which is fine uh, because I mean, you can't really compare Infinity War to Logan. They're complete. I mean, it, Logan is much more of like a noir, like just action-focused drama, mm-hmm. and Infinity War is just like this extravagant, you know, mashup of all of our favorite superheroes. Yeah, you know, pretty it's much completely different. Um, I still haven't watched the because I have on on you know Blu-ray whatever, but I haven't watched the. The black and white version yet? I really need to do that. Yeah, because you do can the wa- director's cut. Yeah, did did you already do that? Where he talks over the movie? I did that for Last Jedi. I don't think I've done that for Logan. Um, Logan is worth doing. I'll definitely because yeah. he goes into like the camera angles, the type of lighting, and why he did that specifically, like what he was thinking, how it changed. It was really cool. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Yeah, Logan's great, I, and I haven't watched it in months, so that'll be a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to that soon. Now we're getting into September, which September is going to be a ridiculous oh, month. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Infinity War on Blu-ray comes out on Tuesday. Oh, does so it? So I'm definitely getting that. When does Deadpool 2 come out? Because I really need to see that. I need that one. That's 
Yeah. You look I, I want to, um, I need to see that. September's going to be a huge month for games. Um, I'm not buying any, everything, but a lot of, I, I could honestly probably get like a, six of these games and maybe still wouldn't be content. Destiny 2 Forsaken coming out September 4th. I don't give two licks about that game because. Thanks I've, a lot, Bethesda. I've never been into Destiny, although the premise. August 21st. For like, Deadpool 2? Yeah, okay. two weeks. Cool. Yeah, I def- can wait another two weeks. I'll definitely yeah. be getting that, because I still haven't seen it, which is such a shame. You haven't seen it either, right? No. Yeah. That um, or Solo, I haven't seen. I don't care about Solo. I'm not um, going to pay to see Solo. No. I will see it if it's free. And what? how would that work, Ryan? Netflix. Oh, that's actually... A, Indirectly a, free. Yeah, because I'm paying for your freaking account. <laughs> well, there's a longer story to why... I'm using your account. We're not gonna get into that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. But I bring... will mooch off your neck. No, when a real friend, like the true sign of friendship, is letting someone use your Netflix account. Do we want to start talking about like the amount that I've invested into this podcast that you've been paid? Me no, back I'm for? saying it's a true sign of friendship. <laughs> okay. And if you were to boot me off your thing, our friendship would be over. Is kind of well. I think by marriage, we're kind of like obligated to someone. No, it doesn't mean I have to spend time with you. Okay, if you kick me off. My my future furry account, <laughs> <laughs> which you've very, I haven't actually ever explained. Very cleverly named your, your no, Netflix no, no. accounts, future furry, and it was okay. It, I have to tell the story now because everyone's good because I no. never told it for the RuneScape one. Oh my gosh! So on back in RuneScape, this is a tangent, but for RuneScape, my friend back in the day, he um he was named Future Fury. I was like, that's a such a cool name. So I just added an extra R, and I made it Future Furry. And I was, what, like a naive middle schooler when I made this account. I think in many respects you still are, kind of, um, you know, from a I am a naive middle schooler currently. So, yes. yeah, I, I was like, that's cool. So I went around, and I had that all the way through, I mean, until, like, last year. Um, I When I changed it, I actually, his account got deleted, and I changed it from Future Furry to Future Fury. So I finally got the name that I wanted, okay. but um, I didn't know furries were a thing where like people dress up in like costume of animals, like foxes and things, and they go to conventions and do other activities. Yeah, and I didn't know that was a thing. So I was running around this like virtual world as a guy who, in the future, would become a fury, according to my name. And most people probably looked at that. They're like, granted, you were in middle school, but most people probably thought you were like a forty-nine-year-old, yeah. like overweight right. man eating hot pockets every night <laughs> yeah. for dinner or something probably and i was like you know like trying to justify it just internally or to when i mentioned that name living in your mom's my, basement no, i did no, add that other tip no when there. i got to college and rick and ben were like what is your name like why i was like maybe i just wanted to have a beard i wanted to be like furry with facial hair i don't know i couldn't justify it but how did we get on this? Oh, Netflix. So I named my uh, Netflix username uh, Future Furry, and I did a little picture of a raccoon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> As the icon. What a weirdo. Yeah. Um, How do we get off on this tangent? Um, Deadpool? Yeah, movies and stuff. We started talking about Destiny. I don't know. How How did we go from Destiny to talking about future, like people that dress <laughs> up in animal furry. costumes? <laughs> You know, speaking of, you know, we're going to keep going on this train. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Walmart, and I don't know how they have yeah, this in every last Walmart. last Friday I was a fox at a convention. No, 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 no. So in Walmart. What did the fox say? You, in you Walmart. Me, you going to let me talk? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so in Walmart, they have essentially like old school Nickelodeon, like 90s cartoons 
the heads of some of the most, you know, well-known characters like Tommy, uh, not Doug, but like, you, you know who I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. Nigel Thornberry or whatever, uh, Hey Arnold. You can like buy the heads of those characters and use them as like, like giant masks. But I don't understand why, because like, one, it's not even, we're like two months away from Halloween. These have been there four months, not yeah. like four, like the number four, but like many months they've been yeah. there. But I, I don't know if, if there's an audience out there that, but by all means, let me know if there are people out there that like randomly just walking down the street, you know, going to a local football game wearing giant <laughs> Hey Arnold masks. I mean, maybe yeah. that's a thing. I, I, I can't say that one. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I speaking of, maybe this is a good time to tell people that uh, someone has contacted us about sponsorship for the show. We're not doing it because I got very mixed vibes from this email. The The headline was, interested in animation or otaku, I have something for you, dot, 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 dot. And, yeah, well, I was surprised that anyone, like, yeah, I don't know reached out to us even about it in the first place but um and i I don't want to stereotype or anything but the english wasn't it was kind of mixed um the punctuation the the vocab like everything just even the email itself does not look like a a valid email address so i just got weird vibes and plus I, i i really in you know ryan and i are doing this podcast for fun that's the bottom line we love talking to you guys and that's that's it well, and technically talking to each other. Well, we are. You're but, listening to us. But there's audience feedback, and they yeah, write no, into the cool. show, and we talk. Like there's that. this dialogue. And that was the original mindset going into this show. And I just, I've listened to podcasts for eight, ten years now. I mean, if you want to give us a Lamborghini. <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> what my point being here is this guy that interrupts me constantly over here. Um, no, my point being is like, you, I've listened to podcasts for eight to 10 years and what really kind of irks me sometimes, and I get it, people do this for a living and that's hundred percent okay. Um, but the last thing I want is Ryan and I putting on these masks, basically saying like, Ryan, do you like Blue Apron? Well, Rusty, let me tell you about Blue Apron because I got my grocery, you know, I, I just don't want to be that pot- square space. Do you, have you ever wanted to build your own website, Ryan? Yes. Well, let me tell you about Squarespace. <laughs> this is very robotic. Yes, I would love to build a website. Yeah, and I just don't want to be that podcast. And maybe you guys out there want to learn about Blue Apron. Have you ever used Apron, Campax so. Pro? I have. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you get a good laugh out of that? Yeah. Caught myself off guard. Yeah, it's it's amazing how funny Ryan. He, sometimes I he surprises himself. You know, he's just like I know. I do. Sometimes most I, of I really can't believe how funny I actually am. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk about <laughs> September games. Glaring. Ryan's not gonna talk for like at least thirty more seconds. Yeah, okay. Destiny two, not a fan. Maybe some people out there love Destiny. You know, I think originally conceptually it, it was a great idea. This game where um, it was essentially <laughs> like a an MMO Halo type shooter, um, but there's just and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like that was like the original like of um people that like just offensively gave us loot boxes. No, okay, so Destiny One was cool. It broke into a new kind of genre. And then Destiny Two was basically just a money grab yeah. from them. The I- the original loot boxing problem was EA's just them for the Star Wars game. But, but, Destiny, but like Bungie came out with well Destiny before, Two, yeah, um, with they did a lot of other sketchy stuff, yeah, like tailoring drops and things to make you more apt to get loot boxes. 
Yeah. It so, was gross. And I feel like that kind of like started this ridiculous snowball effect for other games. And, and thankfully, like in a games like Shadow of War kind of completely stripped that from the game because they recognized that it was not what they wanted to be known for. They didn't want mm-hmm. the game to be recognized as this just loot box heavy experience. Um, so I'm glad that people are kind of starting to recognize developers that this isn't a healthy business practice, but people like EA are going to keep riding that train till you know, they, um, they run it dry, but whatever yeah. the wells, Can dry, I borrow uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, no, I got rid of shadow of war because, um, why? Because that the definitive edition was recently announced and it's coming out later this year. Um, I don't know that maybe later this year, early spring next year, and it's going to have all the DLC on one disc. And I wanted to have that. Okay, because I got the game edition or the game of the year edition for Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, um, and I kind of wanted to have the same thing. I mean, granted, okay. I I bought, I bought and played through both DLCs for Shadow of War already, but it's nice to kind of have one comprehensive package, which is what I'll end up getting. Yeah. Um, plus, it's usually like forty bucks when those types of things come out. Mm-hmm. But um, next game, I already have pre-ordered. I'm like on the edge of my seat in anticipation for this. It is NBA 2K. I'm kidding. It is. Dragon... <laughs> I was like, a dude, I'm losing respect for you. <laughs> no, dra- by the syllable. Comes out th- actually. This game, the one that I actually pre-ordered, came out comes out three days before all the September 7th releases. Um, Dragon Quest 11: Echoes of an Elusive Age. It's no surprise that I'm a humongous fan of the Dragon Quest franchise. I have four through nine um, on the DS and 3DS. Um, unfortunately, ten never came over here. It was an MMO, which would have been really fun to play. <laughs> back on the, the Wii or Wii U, but uh, or the, even the 3DS. It is what it is. Um, but Dragon Quest Eleven, I have great hopes for this. It mm-hmm. seems to have gotten well-received in Japan. It's um, coming to PS4 and PC. It is just a, an epic JRPG in the traditional sense, you know, your turn-based battles. This is not like Dragon Quest Heroes where it's just this open plane where you're just slashing things. This is a traditional turn-based RPG with a crazy, ridiculously long story. I think this game ranges from like 40 to 60 hours. Wait, so we we watched the trailer right before we started recording because you were talking about how excited you were about this. Mm-hmm. So do you get loot or how does that loot system work? Do you get swords as drops? Or yeah, how- so it's my understanding that at least how it was <coughs> for Dragon Quest Nine on the DS, which I feel like it's going to play relatively similar to, to lead to that as far as like weapons and armor and stuff, is that... If I remember correctly, you as you go to new towns and new areas, you go to different shops. And the new shops have different inventory than the previous one, of course. Mm-hmm. And that is when you'll acquire new weapons, new armor, new headsets, new um, no, new shoes, gauntlets, whatever it might be. And uh, what's really interesting and what I love about the Dragon Quest games, I think 11 is going to play more similar to 8 in terms of story because it is very, very story-driven. Um, 9 was more... It was story-driven, but you kind of created your character and then recruited other people along the way. Yeah. Eleven, very much like eight, there is preset companions that you'll meet as you progress through the story. Um, But it's my hope and maybe my um, assumption that you'll be able to buy new gear for them as well and kind of equip them with new stuff. Um, But it looks like a very well-rounded, as Dragon Dragon Quest um, typically does, um, well-rounded group of characters. Um, Yeah, one of them looked like Trunks, but with, like, Black hair. Which it makes sense. You know, for those of you not familiar with the series, Akira Toriyama does the the character art and designs for the games mm-hmm. um, from Dragon Ball Z fame. So um, it does very much have um, a Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball kind of um, skin on it. But, yeah. I mean, what's there's nothing wrong with that. No, I've been watching Dragon Ball just in my hour of downtime each day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, from watching that trailer, it looks like something I'd want to get. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
one of those games that we're going to have, we'd play through at the same time, kind of like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. it's it's probably the reason why I'm not going to be picking up the other heavy hitter for September that most people are very excited about, um, and that being Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, developed by, um, gosh, I don't want to botch this because I did it last episode. Is it Insomniac's developing this? I feel like this is the you, Ratchet and Clank no, people. No, you botched that earlier in this episode. I Look think. at, I'm, I'm almost positive Insomniac Spider. is developing the Spider-Man game. It looks incredibly beautiful, very similar as in terms of combat to the Arkham Batman games, but with, of course, Spider-Man is very more acrobatic and flexible with his movements, so um, it looks amazing. I mean, I think this might dethrone my love for Spider-Man 2 on the original, you know, the PS2, GameCube, Insomniac. Xbox. Yeah, Insomniac. Okay, so they're, they're, your Resistance love those games, they developed yeah. those, um, Ratchet and Clank, uh, another series that has another release later in this month. They didn't develop it, but they originally did. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Spyro. Yep, exactly. I was, you already spoiled it. No, I, I'm reading down the list of Insomniac. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but Resistance. No, Mar- yeah, yeah. Mar- Marvel Spider-Man, I'm very much anticipating. Um, I'll, it's probably a game that I'll pick up like Black Friday. Not because I'm not willing to fork over 60 bucks for this. I would happily do so. But I'm not going to pay 60 and spend the entire month of September playing um, Dragon Quest in another game. And then not get to it for three or four months when it's when I could get yeah, it for like half the price. Forty or something. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to hear you know reviews. We should be probably. I'm. I'm I doubt the review embargo for this is going to be like day before release. I mean, a game like Vampire. Okay. Very mixed emotions going into it. Whether this is going to be a good or bad game. Games like that typically the review embargo, which essentially means when the reviews will go out from you know people like Game Informer, GameSpot, mm-hmm. Giant Bomb, whatever. Um, it's typically like the day before, even the day of re- games release. Yeah. Marvel Spider-Man, similar to God of War. I think the God of War reviews came, came out like two or three weeks before the game even released. Um, yeah. and I think Spider-Man will probably see reviews maybe a week, week or two before release. Yeah. Um, I mean, from the gameplay currently, it looks amazing. It looks so. incredible. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I have such a, such fond memories of playing Spider-Man two on the PS2. Yes. Um, yeah, it's funny. We, a couple episodes back, I was talking to you about a game, and I was talking about it, and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, that game's good." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like a lot of these games, you play and you're like, you totally forget about them. Yeah, that they were a thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like thinking back to p- the number of hours I put into that Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. like just swinging around. Like even the best part is just exploring and swinging around and just hopping on buildings and harassing citizens. And then, like, the best part about GTA is just driving around in the car and, mm-hmm. like, pushing other people off the road. Yeah. And, like, driving how I can't legally drive in the real world. Yeah, of course. It's just this yeah, sandbox just... experience where you could do whatever you want, really. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, Spider-Man 2 was great, but graphically, if you go back, it actually does not look very, <laughs> very good. And it had no business being as good as it was because it, it was a movie tie-in game. It was just a licensed game that really had no business being as great as it was. It's still held in such high regard by even people that are in the the video game industry. But I think this game is going to completely dethrone it. I would not be surprised if very much like God of War, it gets like tens across the board. Um, I don't want to set the expe- expectations too high, but I think with a developer like Insomniac, we can go in with uh, pretty lofty expectations. Yep. Next couple games coming out, um, mostly sports games, your NBA 2K, NBA Live, um, NHL 19. I'm not going to be getting any of those games because... I'm not a fan, but for those that are... Yay, sports. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another game coming out in September. This is insane. A week after Spider-Man. 
is a game I won't pick up because I didn't play the previous installment, which um, is unfortunate because I loved when it was originally revived back in like 2014, 13 maybe, and that is the the new Tomb Raider games. So this one is Shadow of the Tomb Raider coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Thankfully not timed. I mean, I think when the... Was that, wasn't that Lauren playing the pre Yeah, she was playing the one that came out in like 2013. Oh. Um, so the one in 2013 I think was just aptly called Tomb Raider. Okay. And then the second one, I think, was called Rise of the Tomb Raider that came out maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And I've not played that yet. I really, really want to. It came out, I think it was like 20 years after the original release because the, the cover is like 20th anniversary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved how they've kind of revived that character. I mean, if you go back and play the original Tomb Raider games on PS1, they're very blocky and like just claymation-like and her proportions of her body, as most people know, are very off. Um it's it's good. Yeah, her ankles are way too large. Yeah, that's one part of her body that's probably too <laughs> objectified. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I loved some of the PS2 installments. Yeah. Um, Tomb Raider Legend was actually great. It actually got an Xbox 360 release too. If you are into like kind of going back into finding the history of Tomb Raider or playing some of the older games, and you've never played any of them, I would first recommend playing the 2013 game. You know, you can get it on last generation of consoles and this generation, you know, it was, it was remade for HD or whatever. Um, but my other recommendation, if you're willing to go back a couple other console generations is getting Tomb Raider legend. Um, that really, I think was a great entry point into the series if you had never played them, but I'm going on a, t- uh, you know, rant here. Um, I, I need to go back and play rise of the Tomb Raider and then I'll definitely play shadow because love what they're doing with the character. And I think they're going in a great direction. So super excited about that. Yeah, it looks cool. Black Clover Quartet Knights coming to PS4 on September 14th. I don't really know what that is. Um, Black Clover. But a week after that is another game that I have pre-ordered. One that I was hesitant to it's like an anime. get excited about. Oh, what was it? Yeah. Just so kind of like... It's like a Naruto-looking thing. Okay. Um, when the Crash Bandicoot remasters came out... Um, I'm much more of a Spyro guy. I always have been. Not that I don't like Crash. I, I enjoyed the Crash Bandicoot games. I think um, the one I enjoyed most actually wasn't even on PS1. It was on the PS2 called Wrath of Cortex. That very well could have been the first PS2 game I ever got actually. Um, the loading times were just ridiculous in that game. But I did love it quite what a bit. What of Cortex? Wrath of Cortex. Wrath um, of Cortex. Yeah, that was a really great game. Um but my point being here that I, you know, when the the Crash games were remastered, I was just essentially waiting. Okay, well, when's Spyro coming? And then we got word that I think rumors came out that it was being made. I think the same developers that kind of revamped the the Crash games are remade um, Spyro. And uh, you know, we were talking about Insomniac earlier, but the mm-hmm. Spyro Reignited trilogy is coming to PS4, Xbox One on September twenty first. I would be really surprised if this doesn't come to switch by the end of the year um if not spring of next year because it just makes the most sense i mean crash trilogy i, I believe came to, to the switch and um it would just be criminal for these games not to make it over to um the nintendo switch but i adore these spyro games as i said one uh ripto's rage and year of the dragon are three of my favorite games on the ps1 um of course i was too young to get into like the you know the the plethora of jrpgs that came out on the system at the time um so i was much more into the the platformers and action game type games um like spyro and crash and things like that and so 
Cannot wait to play these three games in HD. I've seen the side-by-side graphics comparison, and it's night and day difference. And so um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I only played Fire and Ice, which I'm looking at now, and I have very fond of the On the Game Boy Advance? Yeah, Game Boy Advance. But the thing that pissed me off is, like, you couldn't tell the height of different things relative to the platforms that you were on. Just because of the V camera or well, it's whatever. Like an, those games on the Game Boy Advance were like an isometric view. It's a very weird how the cameras play. It's it's not top down like uh, your yeah. Return of the King, King games. It's you're it's looking like, diagonally at it. Yeah, it, so it's isometric is what they yeah. call that. It's very odd. Um, I would recommend you and anyone else that enjoyed some of those games or maybe has never played a Spyro game wants to get into it on the handhelds. Spyro and the Internal Knight. I've not played it myself, but that's apparently the most well-regarded graphically and just gameplay-wise, um, the best Spyro game on the on the handhelds. Um, but definitely Spyro Reignited Trilogy for forty bucks, you get all three games um, on in HD on the the new generation of consoles. Cannot wait for that. Yeah. What's kind of surprising to me, I don't know how true this this is, but there's rumors saying that there's going to be an update on the day of release. So people are thinking that the first game is on the disc and then Ripto's Rage near the dragon you have like downloads codes for which would really suck because like they're not the size of those games can't be too significant and so to not be able to fit all three of them on one disc just seems asinine to me yeah um, but uh we'll we, see i mean they said there's in some or not insomniac but whoever's remastering the games basically came out and said that they were very vague about the response when you know editorials like reached out to them uh, or game magazine sites basically said like there is going to be an update on the day of release. And basically just saying, like, we hope you all will be very excited to play these games. They didn't say, like, whether or not there was going to be download codes for, yeah. for 2 and 3. But we'll see. I mean, if there is, it's, it is what it is. not the end of the world. But it would kind of suck if that was the case. Um, uh, yeah. For that type of game, I'd want a physical copy. Of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we're, we're still, I should maybe clarify, we're still getting a physical case and disc. We just don't know if the other two games are yeah. on the disc as well. Uh, but, yeah, you should definitely get that. Because especially yeah. if you haven't played the Spyro, I mean, you can always borrow it from me. Um, I think our cousins really liked the Spyro games. Mm-hmm. I, I would be interested in playing the Spyro games as well. Yeah, and, and they look a, fun. It's and he's a he's a cool looking little. He's a chill purple dragon. dragon. He's just he's a great little personality. Yeah. And all the people that you run across in the games, there's like the little cheetah guy. One of my favorite things in the Spyro games, okay, in Ripto's Rage, and I think they did it in Year of the Dragon, was these um, skateboarding levels. Ooh. I've always, of course, been a humongous fan of the Tony Hawk games. Huge. And uh, to be able to, in that same era of where the skateboarding games and kind of extreme sports were just like crazy, you know, in that era of video games, um, to be able to ride on a skateboard with uh, Spire was really neat. And you like yeah. chased around like, Are there... what the heck did you chase around? Like you chased around like these like little squid things. It was really weird. I don't know. I just Or maybe monkeys. I can't remember. But you traced around like these little things in the level. Is skateboarding still big? No, no, not way after Tony Hawk. Yeah, not how it used to be. Um, There's actually a new skateboarding game coming out. Maybe check, look at. I mean, just the the sport in general, not or just past time. Nothing will be able to, you know, revive that sport like the '90s, the late '90s when Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out. Tony Hawk was, of course, still competing. Um, Bob Bernquist and like all those other crazy um, something slight. No, Kelly Slater was like the surfer guy. Um, Matt's Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX. He was like the little biker guy. Yeah. All those games. I mean, nothing is going to ever kind of revive that era. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's completely 
encased in the 90s, and probably for good reason. I don't really think we need to re- re- revive that type of stuff. Not saying I wouldn't like another terrific Tony Hawk game with tons of yeah. old school, like... Like, he comes out of retirement, he... Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but just put Tony Hawk on it. And yeah, I mean, Tony. they tried to do it with Tony Hawk 5, and it was it, and then, one of the worst um, games of all time, or at least for that year that it came out. Um, yeah, not many people are fans of Tony Hawk 5. I certainly never played it, but probably never will. Moving along here, we got Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna the Golden Country. I'm assuming that this is a downloadable content for the... Oh, no, maybe it's not, because it's coming out for Switch, and didn't Xenoblade 2 come out originally for Wii U? Uh, I don't know what that is. Well, Xenoblade Chronicles is, like, developed by, like, Monolith Soft or whatever. Originally came over to the Wii. It was a big campaign, because... The trilogy of Oh, our, this is cool looking. Yeah. It kind of scared me because like I, I had the trilogy of RPGs. I had the last story, Pandora's Tower, and Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. Never played any of them. Is this like an open world RPG? Mm-hmm. And there's like mechs and stuff in it too. Yeah, there's giant lizards. I'd be game for this one. See, the only thing that scared me away from those games is that they were like upwards of a hundred 120 hours to beat. Well, that's fine. I mean, Skyrim, my character, I actually hopped on Skyrim earlier this morning. Oh, did you? I woke up way too early. And, um, yeah, I, I put like 200 hours into that character. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of looks like Guild Wars almost. Yeah, it's it's a, a very a, different kind of game. Um, yeah. I'd probably just live vicariously through you if you ended up getting it. Um, because I just don't, honestly, like, excuse me, instead of playing Xenoblade, Blade Chronicles 2, I'd rather play through, like, three of the older Final Fantasies or, heck, Dragon Quest Seven, which takes, like, 140 hours. What makes hours it long? What makes it 120 hours? I, I, the world is, is just gargantuan, first of all, and I think there's just a lot of in-between main story stuff. There's, like, a lot of fetch side quest type stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's not for me. Um, for people that love the series, I mean, I love the music. I, I listen to the Xenoblade Chronicle soundtrack multiple times per year because it's just beautifully orchestrated. Um, I'll have to take a look at this. I'm going to add that to my spreadsheet. Yeah, so anyone that is, you know, has a Switch, they're looking for a giant JRPG after Octopath Traveler to get into, check out Xenoblade Chronicles Wait, 2. When did you say this comes out? Um, September 21st. And speaking of other RPGs, Valkyria Chronicles 4 comes out on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on September 25th. Another... This is more like tactical, um, similar to like a Fire Emblem type game, if I'm, if I remember correctly. At least the original Valkyria Chronicles was. I didn't even know how they're Valkyria. Wasn't the third one? I think the third one might have been like PSP or Vita exclusive. I don't remember that ever coming. Spell to... that Valkyria. Um, V A L K. Okay. Y R I A. I was using a Z. I um, I need coffee. It has a very like um, steampunk graphical style to it it's it's really yeah. hard to explain um but yeah if you like tactical rpgs keep an eye out for this one this is just something that i probably never will play unless it's like well, breaks totally barriers not playing this well yeah it just <laughs> it just doesn't look like something i'd be into yeah pathfinder kingmaker pc that sounds like very much a like a skyrim third person action rpg i have no pathfinder i mean I, that's how I, I i just picture like um Fabio, like in a, like a little skirt, just running around with a giant sword. When I think of Pathfinder Kingmaker, Kingmaker, um, ba, ba, ba. maybe I don't know. What it, does it look like? It kind of looks like the other game that um, top-down 
uh, Diablo looking game. Oh, so Divinity Original Sin two. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind yeah. Of. Not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a PC gamer, so I'm not going to play that. But the next one is a series I haven't played, but it's you know very much like the the Walking Dead type stuff. Is Life is Strange two, um, episode one comes out September twenty seventh. I didn't play the original, um, you know, I guess season of Life is Strange, but I know that's much more. God, I would Life ma- is strange. Maybe not more, but it, it, I guess it dif- has a different style of drama and emotion behind the story than, than Walking Dead does. Um, because zombies, of course, put a, a, an interesting twist on things. Life is Strange is more, from it's what like I understand, a, like kind a of... high school drama? Yeah, kind of type of thing. Um, Before the storm. Yeah, I don't know. FIFA 19, uh, the 28th, and then Dragon Ball Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is actually coming to Switch on the 28th. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, September's going to be a busy month. I mean, Dragon Quest Eleven is definitely my, my number one choice in Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Spider-Man, or... No, yeah, so wait. Dragon Quest Eleven and Spyro are my top two for September. And uh, Spider-Man would be if Dragon Quest wasn't there. Um, I'll probably be playing Dragon Quest in large amounts of time. And then in between that... I feel like I'd rather pick up Spyro than Spider-Man because I'd want to devote like my sole attention to Spider-Man, you yeah. know, not playing between an epic RPG. I think I'm really excited for that Xenoblade Chronicles. You should. I'd really I'm encourage you to get into that. it because I, I think was that's... always. I had a friend who played Guild Wars like when it was originally a huge thing, the first one, not the second one, and I I was really jealous because I didn't have a computer that could deal with that i was playing runescape which my computer yeah, could deal with of course it's like baby because um, we had like a family computer yeah. and um this kind of looks like that style of you can see off in the distance like a higher level creature you go and fight him and then get his things so yeah no you should definitely get that i'd really love to hear your impressions and i don't know i i really maybe would be not surprised but i think it would be a game that you'd like quite a bit so definitely Check that out. and If you don't see me for 125 hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider again, I'll, I'll get after I play Rise. So, yeah. October, a lot of uh, great releases here, too. Many of which I probably won't get because I'll still be playing. Dealing with um, September? Yeah. So, Forza Horizon see 4. September ends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Green Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Forza Horizon 4, again, that's more of a simulation racer, similar to your Gran Turismo's and F1's. Not for me. I don't know about you, Ryan. Uh, Plus, it's coming to Xbox One exclusively, and yeah, nobody has one of those. No one's so. going to get one of those. Um, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise coming to PS4. <laughs> That's like a really heavily popular series in Japan, uh, Fist of the North Star. Um, Fist I, of the North I, I, I think, and I guess I'd assume it's kind of like a beat-em-up similar to Yakuza. No clue. Mega Man 11. Um, again, not a Mega Man fan, but that's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on October second. Well, Eleven of them. Well, that's not even including the X series, the Battle Network games. There's, if we're talking about, oh, this is a side-scrolling, a series of games that has more than any other franchise. Mario. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's like hands down. That's like Nintendo's like main yeah what else did really for ips okay so apart from mario i think mega man might have might be like the winner winner chicken dinner for most games because there's just so many and i'm probably forgetting on the you know i'm doing this off the cuff here so i have no idea but i feel like most games in the series including spinoffs and everything mega man's probably got the cake there that'd be Um, cool to try not at full price but it's a side scroller yeah that's what i feel like i'm in the mood for 
something more relaxing than what I've been playing recently. Well, I mean, I, I gave you Super Mario World. Super, well, yeah. Super Mario, it's so stupidly named back then. Super Mario Advance 2, Super Mario World on the Game Boy Advance. So I gave you that. That'll keep you busy. That was, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so you'll get to discover that for the first time. I'm jealous. Great music. Yeah. Another game. Um, Has over 130 titles. <laughs> Mega Man? In the Mega Man series. Holy cow. Check Mario, because that, that's a big yeah, that, number. Yeah, that's hard. That might be hard to top. Um, another series of games that I haven't played in a while, and like Tomb Raider, I don't want to play this installment until I play oh, the 250 one. 250 plus. Okay, yeah. So, I don't yeah, want to play Mario. this release until I play, actually, Assassin's Creed Origins, the one that was set in Egypt. Um, I'm in the mood for Assassin's Creed game. It's been a long time yeah. since I've played one. Um, and Origins, you can probably get for 30 or less these days, but... Assassin's Creed Odyssey set in like the Greek, you know, mm-hmm. times looks incredible. The physics um, looked really weird in the trailer, though, for when oh, you like they? kicked him off. The arc of that angle based off of like the force that he kicked him off. He wouldn't have arced that far out. Well, you're also playing a video game, right? It's, we're not we're not in like yeah, but Sparta, we're going for a realistic like King Leonidas kicking off the. If I'm gonna be a ninja, I'm gonna do it realistically. Well, you're not in this game. You are a like Greek, I guess, Roman whatever guy with a giant sword and shield or whatever. Okay, then I can do that unrealistically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm sure a lot of people are planning on picking that up. That's coming out October 5th. Um, but I'm not gonna play it until I play Origins. And I'm so yeah. But uh, didn't Origins have like a thing where you can go around and look at monuments and get historical information? I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know though. I don't know many people who would do that. Yeah, I mean, if I could go in history, like in a time machine in any era, if I could pick like three eras of time, dinosaurs is probably number one. Even I would be on a high. I'd like I'd be like riding around like on a, like a little hovercraft. Okay. Okay. So, so you're invincible. Exactly. Hypothetically. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I would do that. And then ancient Egypt would be like a number two. Yeah. And then maybe three would be like feudal Japan where I just like have like a samurai sword and like and instantly get impaled. Yeah. 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 That's up my alley. Or I'd shame someone and have to like seppuku. Oh yeah, you explained that to me what that was. Um abdomen cutting. Yeah. I would I would not survive in most of those eras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, but I I'd think love to ancient go. Rome would be awesome too. Yeah, that'd be another one. Yeah. Um or the Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the Revolutionary War times, like just like the late 1700s would be really interesting. You know, just the lifestyle yeah. that people or lived. Or the 20s, a bunch of flappers. And yeah. like, that would be awesome. I don't know. Like, I would just love to live in a time where, well, hy- hygienics would be a thing. Like, I'd want to be able to like shower and stuff but like that. But you're invincible in this scenario. Oh, that's right. So. I need to shower. I mean, what a life. Yeah. Um, but Automatic no, hygiene. I think just like roaming the streets and walk uh, walking into local pubs in like the late 1700s, early 1800s, man, like. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, sharing a Having beer to with the deal locals. with all the witches that are around. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think that'd be super sweet. Or was sweet. that the 1800s? Uh, Salem Witch Trial type yeah. stuff? I have no idea. Um, super Mario Party on the Switch, October 5th. If I had a Switch, this would probably be a day one release or pickup for me because um, huge fan of the old... old 1600s. 16, oh, wow. We were way 1693. Okay. Um, yeah, big fan of Mario Party. Um, two is my favorite, but one... Well, one is pff, my hand still hurts from playing those crazy ga- mini games. Um, three was great, um, and then I played six on the GameCube. I remember getting that for my birthday with Star Fox Assault on the GameCube back in the day. 
Um, came with a microphone. What a weird game that was. But I enjoyed it. And then eight, I have on the Wii. And I think that was... Oh, and I played uh, Mario Party Advance, which was just god-awful. That game was garbage. Um, I, I never got into those. Yeah. No, you'd love Mario Party 2. It's a lot of fun. We'll play that sometime. But yeah, so that's coming out Switch on October 5th. Disgaea 1 Complete, PS4 and Switch October 9th. This is not... Don't even look it up, dude. This is like not an RPG. You. It's kind of like the... What's that other game you have for Switch? That Rick gave you, or whoever sold you your Switch. Rick, I don't know. I think it was like Disgaea 4 or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, it's a really just... I don't like RPGs where it takes me like 5 to 10 hours just to learn how the complex battle system works. Like, I'm okay with like tutorials throughout the game to kind of introducing new concepts, but like, if I have to read books and like game facts to learn how to even complete one battle, it's not for me. No. And Disgaea, I think, is like that series. So yeah, not for me. I know you're super pumped about this next one. WWE 2K19. I know you already have a pre-order, the special edition. You oh, get like dude. spandex underwear. My loins. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, maybe, I mean, some people out there love wrestling. That's just not for me. Yeah. The occupation. But not after the post-rock era. No. Nah. No, get out of here. I met Stone Cold Steve Austin once, though. Oh, nice. At a monster truck rally. <laughs> People, nice. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like I was, I don't know, ten. Now I must have been like seven or eight years old. And so you're um, an acceptable age to like call them out. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And um, there was some kind of contest. I don't remember how it was, but by some crazy mad, you know, WD, WWE magic gods, I was called down to the stage, and I got to shake Stone Cold Steve Austin's hand. And um, but they were like, it was crazy. Like they were like cutting sticking holes in like you know 16 ounce canned beers and we're like chugging them and it was like just not a seven-year-old no event. not at all not at all um, and then i drank my first beer at <laughs> seven in front of a crowd of hundreds yeah it was probably a shining moment of my life um no i didn't have a beer until like I was broke 20. his leg and pinned him i didn't drink until i was 22 and i i that that's a true statement so um and it that was, is a fact. And I was in the Bahamas <laughs> with my dad, so it wasn't like I got like trashed or anything like that. I, I drank, uh, what was it, a Miami Vice smoothie drink, and then I uh, I sucked it down, and then I looked at my dad like 10 wasn't minutes later. Wasn't it like super sugary? Yeah. And because uh, I like drank half of it, and I was like, yeah, I feel fine. And uh, my dad's like, Rusty, you might want to slow down. You know, your yeah. body hasn't had alcohol before. It's going to take time to adjust. So I sucked it down in like minutes or whatever. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes go by, and I'm like, Dad, I think I need a nap. <laughs> and we went back to the hotel and I, I like crashed for like four hours. And that was my first drinking experience. So yeah. um, he's a riot. <laughs> yeah, I went nuts. Um, anyways, the occupation. I don't really know what this is. That sounds like a kind of some, some kind of simulation type game coming out for PS4, Xbox One, PC on the 9th. Child of Light. This is a RPG that um, was very well regarded. Looks beautiful. Never played it on the, um, I think, PS4, Vita, and all that kind of stuff back in the day. It's coming to Switch on October 11th. So, Travis, if you're listening, man, this might be one for you. It sounds like it'd be up your alley if you haven't played it already. Next one, I don't care about. Ryan, I'm sure you're completely um, just overdosed on don't this series. Assume. What is it? Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Gosh, I have not played a Call of Duty. I'm surprised. I mean, heck, that the number of Call of Duties that they have, that might rival freaking mario at this point yeah it's 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 stupid well, it's supposed to be like 12 year olds not to stereotype anyone who listens and is 
over 12 or under 12, but it's like generally, yeah, it's generally stereotyped as being 12 year olds and just hostile or non healthy, just very toxic, you know, toxic servers. Yeah, Uh, just a bunch of kids just like ridiculing the people like us that can't spend, you know. 10 hours a day playing Call of Duty online. It's just a um, casual match or two. And can we talk about how there's four entries in the Black Ops series alone? Why? I played the first one and it was fun, but like... Well, the, well they went over to like space flight and then people like burned a city oh in gosh. real life about um, it. Yeah, I, I have no desire to play Call of Duty moving forward. Um, Travis, actually, I posted something on Instagram um, about asking questions for episode 13 and we got some good ones. We'll ask, We'll go through those on episode 13, but... Um, he asked a question about Call of Duty that was interesting, but we'll get to that later as far as like the era of time that I'd want Call of Duty to move forward with, but we'll get to it eventually. Black Ops 4, not for me. I don't even care about zombies. I never even thought Call of Duty zombies was fun. I couldn't believe how, yeah, I couldn't believe how obsessed people were with that back in the day. Like I'd play like one or two rounds. high school thing. Yep. Yeah. I was probably like my sophomore year of high school or whatever. Maybe my friend, whatever it was. Um, but I played like one or two rounds and I'd be like, I'm done. But my the friends would play. The redundancy is killing me. Eat my brain so I can be done with this. Seriously. Well, and then the, the thing that really sucked about that too was the fact that like, um, like if you went through like 15 waves or whatever, and of course you die, then you go back to wave one and it took like five waves for it to actually pick up and pace. Mm-hmm. It was just so slow for those first few rounds. And, and I'm sure now it's very improved and overhauled or whatever, but I don't care. If I want to play a zombie game, I'll play Left 4 Dead or Dead Island or something like that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to play Black Ops. But um, maybe another series or franchise that needs to kind of take a few years off, Lego DC Super Villains coming to pretty much all consoles on the 16th. No one likes DC. Moving on. What else do I need to say, folks? Okay, next game, Starlink Battle for Atlas. That sounds really intense. Coming the 16th as well for all consoles. I don't know what that that's about, but that sounds like some kind of like Age of Empires with like a, I don't even know, futuristic twist or something. Starlink Battle for Atlas. Um, yeah, it sounds way too intense for Warriors, just a show game. Warriors Orochi 4. This is probably just a Tecmo Koei, Koei um, Dynasty Warriors type hack and slash. Not for me. I, I, I want to meet the person that like buys every single one of those games, like the Samurai Warriors, Warriors Orochi, Dynasty Warriors, because there's a million of those games too. Um, I think the d- last Dynasty Warriors games I Warriors of Rock, Orochi. <laughs> I think the last Dynasty Warriors games I, I played was four on the PS2, which I liked, but my goodness, I don't know how that game or that series has sustained itself. It's probably it's probably super popular in like Japan. Um, Warriors of Roaches. No, Orochi. Orochi. Oh, there's an O. Yeah. Um, yep, that's not right. Soul Calibur 6 coming to PS4, Xbox so, One, and PC on October 19th. Game. Yeah. I think the last Soul Calibur game I played was like 2 on GameCube with Link. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever played any of these. I like a lot of the character designs in Soul Calibur. Yeah, they um, all look really realistically scaled. And, um, no, that's, you're thinking of, like, the Dead or Alive series with, like, the girls with, like, their breasts, like, popping out uh, of their... That very much looks like that same scaling. Oh. Yikes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> okay, That's well... what I look like with my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. Yeah. I stand corrected. You don't have boobs, Ryan. You have pecs. Sometimes I can dream. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, moving along. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, well, okay, okay, last thing I'll mention here is if you have the PS4 or you buy the PS4, or maybe it's it's probably across all consoles, um, Geralt from The Witcher is a playable character. Yeah, I saw that. So that's kind of cool. I still need to play The Witcher. I have to convince myself to play, because that's another long commitment. Yeah, it is. And I, yeah, I want to play it eventually. Because um, I've been, I watched the uh, trailers again, because those trailers are amazing for the yeah, third one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Battlefield 5. Do we really want to talk about this? No, not really. I'm not going to get it. I'm not either, but it's another shooting game. Whatever. Just Actually, Dance- I, would t- I would get that over uh, Black Ops. I agree. I totally agree. But because- I just, I don't have the patience. I'd rather, if I were going to do it, play the Star Wars version, which is Battlefront. Exactly. And what I, in that, speaking of Battlefront, what I do love about the Battlefield game is it does play very similar to the Battlefront games where you have to kind of take over bases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, it's fun, but I, I don't need to play more Battlefield. Um, Just Dance 2019, that's another one you have pre-ordered. It comes with um, two pairs of golden dance shoes and a signed copy of John Travolta's um, Saturday Night Fever, the original jacket that he wore. I don't know if you're joking. It's a replica, but you know. Dude, I need to learn how to dance in real life and... In the virtual realm. Yeah, (laughs) the virtual realm is not going to help me. Um, I'll teach you. I'll teach you. Um, Just Dance 2019, there's some fans out... I'd be really good at the robot, though. This is not real. What? So this this site that I'm on, Game Informer, lists each of the consoles that it's coming to, and it says PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Wii, like the original Wii, 360, and Wii U. Ubisoft, what do you... The, the development cost to bring it to all consoles just sounds really stupid. I guess they have a lot of money, but... Well, they're trying to amortize over, like, the one Wii sale. Yeah, that's super weird. Whatever. Moving along, My Hero One's Justice. Nope. No clue what that is. The next game in... One's Justice? Yeah, My Hero One's Justice. That's what it's that called. a stupid name. Uh, the next one, um, you know, I think is probably going to be on most people's game of the year list. I probably won't even play it until next fall, most likely, because I played the first one three years after it came out, I think, and enjoyed it, but I'm probably in the great minority that liked Gun more than I did Red Dead Redemption. I know, shots fired. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out to PS4 and Xbox One on October 26th. Is that you who was ranting at me? Or was that yesterday about having to play the first one first and then play the second one? Um, maybe. Maybe I was. Red- but, you know, it's it, it's interesting. And maybe you shouldn't because this is actually a prequel to John Marston's story. Well, that's what, Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, so John Marston that was you. is the main protagonist. And, yeah. you know, this series is interesting because Red Dead Revolver came out on the PS2 um, long ago, and I don't know if that... The person on the front cover looks like John Marston, but I don't know if it's in any way tied to that character. Um, so maybe someone can write in to the show or shoot me a message on Twitter, but um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel story to John Marston, the main protagonist of the Red Dead Redemption, Redemption game that came out on the 360 PS3. <laughs> Of course, Rockstar is developing, so, you know, lofty expectations for the production value of this game, the story, and everything like that. And I'm sure it's great. It really is. But I've never been one for Western settings in games. It's just never been my thing. But um, I actually had more fun, probably because I played it prior to playing Redemption on 360. I had more fun playing Gun on the PS2 um, because it's just kind of had a unique twist. Um yeah, you'll have to look up Gun. You can actually get it on the 360 as well. It might even have been a launch game for Xbox 360. Um, but Gun is very similar in the sense that you're like in the the wild, wild west type of thing. There's like, you know, um, 
you know, Native Americans there and you, you're kind of fighting them and all that kind of stuff. It, it gets kind of crazy, but um, I enjoyed it. Just be able to like, kind of ride on a horse and have all these old school like weapon or guns and stuff mm-hmm. like rifles and um, revolvers and you know whatever. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But um, Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners are going to be picking that up. Certainly the public will. Um, and I'm sure it's going to get great reviews and I'll probably play it you know, next year. But um, the one that everyone's going to be playing and picking up in October, releases October 30th, coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC, is Call of Cthulhu, the official video game. Really? Probably some super crazy scary game, but... um, Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, yeah. And so we're like running really long on the podcast, but November or December are pretty uh, sparse in terms of the number of releases, so we'll go through this stuff really quickly. Overkill's The Walking Dead, coming November Call 6th. I wonder what that is. That looks terrifying. Oh, The Call of the Cthulhu one? Yeah. Wait, is it coming to PS4? I'll get it if it does. Yeah, I'll pick that up when it's cheap. It's like a week after it releases and it they slash the price. Yeah, no, I, I might try that out. Um, that'd be a really fun game to stream if I ever start on Twitch. I hope so. Hopefully by the end of the year. But in November, Overkill's The Walking Dead. I don't know what that is, if that's tied to the comic or TV show, but that's releasing November 6th. Ride 3. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what Ride 1 and 2 are, but that's coming November 8th. You're, you're an Uber driver. Oh, yeah, it's that game. Remember yeah, hearing terrible he, things about that. Yeah. Um, Valiant Hearts is coming to Switch. That sounds really familiar. I feel like that's like a... Your heart surgeon. <laughs> I feel like that's like a RPG or something uh, like that. You um, might actually be a heart surgeon. Hitman 2. This Okay, so this is actually a game I might buy. Hitman 2 coming um, November 13th. I didn't play... I still need to get Hitman, the complete season that came out on PS4 um, when they kind of like revitalized the series for current gen. Uh, I love the Hitman games. I mean, Blood Money and... Well, Blood Money is my favorite. Um, Absolution was okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy the Hitman games. You ever played the Hitman games, Ryan? No, it looked really cool. I'm looking at Valiant Heart. It actually looks intriguing. Yeah, well, well tell us. Tell it, the folks. I, it's just a stylistic game. It looks like you're a medic in a war and you have a dog companion. Oh, yeah. And you heal people, or maybe? and I actually think if, if this is the game I'm thinking of... Let me see. Yeah, I want to say this is a game that's like super dark in the fact that like like really heart-wrenching type decisions you have to make, like saving certain see, people. Oh, I've watched gameplay of one like this type of game. I if that's the game I'm thinking of, I that's a pretty intense game. I'm not going to get that. That sounds way too intense. You need like I need seven s- boxes of tissues to get through that sunshine game. Sunshine and rainbows and happiness. Peggle 2 or something, man, between playthroughs of that. Yeah. Um actually, Peggle 2 is stressing me out. Fallout 76 is coming out November 14th. Um, no. Yeah, I've never been a big Fallout fan, and this one seems to be... More of the same. Take Yeah, and maybe even taking things in directions I don't really want. It's kind of like multiplayer aspect. I play Bethesda games for the most part for their singular experiences, like my Wolfensteins, my Skyrims. Like, I don't really need to play that with other people. Um, I, you know, we talked about getting involved in Elder Scrolls Online for a month or so, but I think those are very much like... I had a bad day, or even if I had a good day. I and had a bad day. American Idol. Yeah, what was Daniel Powder? Man, one hit wonder for man, one hit wonder He's for days. He's probably living off that. Yeah, still probably. Um, but yeah, no, I think Bethesda games for me are very much singular experiences where I just kind of lose myself in those worlds. And but Fallout has never been a series I want to get lost in that dreary, disgusting world. So yeah, 
No, um, not at all. This is a game that when I do get a Switch, which might be before, it's going to have to be before the end of the year because of Smash, but um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, you know, originally finding out that it's much kind of like a, you know, um, a glorified Pokemon Go, as the name would imply, um, I was kind of off put by it, but to be able to explore Kanto, I think just nostalgia is going to win on this one and I'll probably end up getting yeah. it. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Pokemon Let's Go? I still need to understand what the heck it is. Yeah, I don't I, know. I think yeah. reviews will give us a better indication. Um, yeah, I know I'm not going to buy it release date, so. The rest of these games coming out in November, I never really heard of, with the exception being Darksiders 3. Um, I didn't play the original Darksiders or 2. Is that the one with, like, the dude on a horse? Yeah, so you play a different, what are the four horsemen of hell or whatever? Um, of the Apocalypse? Of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Um so you play as a different one each game. Death, Pestilence, Sunshine, and um, Jerry. Yeah, th- that's their names. Yeah. Uh, so in this one, you play as Jerry, Tom's okay. brother, uh, or Tom's you know friend from you know the show. They, they don't get along anymore. Yeah. Um, so no, we're, <laughs> we're ridiculous. <laughs> um, but no, th- they've actually compared it to like God of War meets Zelda, because you're kind of going to dungeons in a very similar manner that you would like in a Zelda game. But the action combat is very much more reminiscent of like a God of War uh, hack and slash type of thing. That's cool. Um, so I, I might play the I'd like to play the original before I play three. I'll have to um, look at that one. It yeah, sounds so, like a weird combo. Yeah. So Darksiders three. Definitely check that out. December. There's only two games currently listed here. I think a lot of games that have pending releases. We'll find out more as the as the months go by. But um, right now, Just Cause four, which I've never played the Just Cause games. I've heard they're very I need chaotic. A cause to to just to justify yeah playing um, that no i think they're very much like um just sandbox experiences where you can kind of do whatever the heck you want um yeah but, uh, i i bought the third one on accident because i thought it was one of the far cry yeah and they're very different games they totally are um i'm not gonna pick that up that's just not for me but for those just cause fans out there you, you got a new one come december 4th and then quite possibly no i already said the mind my game of the year is not being dethroned by anything even the game that we've all been waiting for, that Sakurai promised he wouldn't be making because he said it was going to be done after, like, Brawl. Um, but we know that's not the case because he brought us Super Smash Brothers Ultimate coming December 4th to the Nintendo Switch. Um, what, can, what can be said about this game that hasn't already been said other than the fact that earlier this week we found out that we have a few new contenders joining the series? So we have <laughs> King K. Rool from the Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah. We have Simon Belmont from the Castlevania series. And then... Oh, so they are from the Castlevania series because I'm like they look really Castlevania esque. Well, Simon Belmont is. Um, the other people, you have like Crom, which I think is from um, uh, Fire Emblem, and there was a few other people that are like essentially the alter ego to already existing characters. Mm-hmm. Some of them looked like they were from Street Fighter. There was one guy that looked like he was from Street Fighter. Um, you have Dark Suit Samus is going to be in the game. Dark Pit, um, basically, just announced some of the the dark, I guess, side characters of already existing ones you have to do more research on 103 this. stages currently announced over that's eight, gonna be amazing over 800 songs um the game's gonna be the epitome of crossover games and i cannot see a scenario where this game doesn't receive tens across the board if not nine fives yeah know? um how you how are we gonna do multiplayer though on that how's that gonna work because you can't do like gamecube controllers if it's on switch Mm, don't they have adapters for switch right now where you can can you i i don't know well i know it's going to support eight player multiplayer or you know on screen like they did for 
um, Smash Four. I'm just curious how that's going to work. Um, However, it's going to work. We're going to we're going to make it happen. It. Yeah, because to have eight people in the same room playing Smash is going to be so chaotic and so fun. Yeah. But um, no, I can't wait. Smash is going to be great. Smash Ultimate. So um, those are all the releases this year. Um, I guess maybe Ryan, what is your most anticipated game? And uh, do, we already talked about the games we've most enjoyed this year so yeah what what is your most anticipated game right now well i'm curious about the xenoblade which i'm gonna go home and look at um but probably smash okay i'm really excited for smash yeah i mean that's my gut response as well but um as stupid as it sounds spyro reignited trilogy is up there just because i'm gonna be reliving those those memories as a young guy playing them on the ps1 yeah my co-worker is excited for that one and then um of course dragon quest 11 is yeah, my most anticipated because I've pre-ordered very few games in my life, and this is one of them. So um, I have to look at that one too. Very excited, but um, but yeah, I think that's a wrap. Well, this is probably gonna be our longest episode ever. Really? Yeah, yeah, we're running on two hours and forty-five minutes right now. Wow, um, it's because it took us two weeks. To exactly. do. We're re-energized like halfway through. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, apologize if there's like a, an extreme break in um, tone in the episodes because. My head was kinked sideways the first half, and I think and, I was. It was like a Friday night, and I was really tired. Yeah, so uh, long hopefully the second, the back half, of the episode was a little bit more uh, energized. But lots of great games on the horizon, as you can tell from the, you know everything that we've kind of listed here. Um, let us know right into the show for episode or probably fourteen because we're recording thirteen probably tomorrow. Um, let us know what you're most anticipating, um, you know, in the fall or even games that have pending releases right now that we don't know if they're going to be released this year. Let us know what you're most anticipating and maybe what to this to, to date what you've most enjoyed playing this year. So um yeah, I think that's an episode. You yeah. can find me on Twitter at RELewis2011. Um please write into the show if you have questions, suggestions, feedback, what it might whatever it might be. Um you can write in the show at Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We'd also very much appreciate it if you'd leave a review on iTunes. We still have no more reviews than we did. Like I'm cool with the, three or four months ago. Well, we have like one review. We have one review, but I mean, it's just nice to kind of it's have a happy review. Um, just kind of increase the, um, not the recognition, but the visibility of other people that listen to video game podcasts. It helps when you know if you're subscribed to Retro Game Explorers or whatever it might be to say like, oh well, people that are subscribed to Retro Game Explorers also enjoy. Otaku Is that how Brothers. that works? Yeah. Um, so we'd very much appreciate it if you'd drop a written review or even just you know giving us. Um, a rating, you know, one to five stars. Greatly yeah, because YouTubers are always it. like, hey, if you leave a like or a comment. Yeah, subscribe, then, whatever. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it does. I mean, it helps not only for us kind of reinforce why we're doing this. You know, people enjoy the content that we're putting out there or they don't, you know, whatever feedback you leave. Um, but it helps, again, just the visibility for other people to hopefully so find do they the podcast. Like, do they see like what you liked or how does that work? Like if you leave a comment, um, does that... No, not as I mean, so on Podbean, I have all the podcasts through Podbean that I currently follow. Uh-huh. So people can see that. But in terms of iTunes, no one really knows the podcast that Rusty listens to unless I go to Retro Game Explorers and leave a review saying, you know, uh, for okay. so and so reasons. But um, but yeah, so. Interesting. Yeah, no, drop us a review right to the sh- right into the show. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for the people that have continued to listen. The feedback that we've gotten has been so, so positive and it's really encouraging. Yeah. For Ryan and I to continue doing the show. I mean, the show's been downloaded like over 800 times and we only have 11, 12 episodes. So for us, that's about 700 more than I ever anticipated. So, um, 
Dude, I was just talking into a mic, and <laughs> if people listen, you were lucky if your mom listened to the show. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't actually. She so. doesn't exactly. We haven't. Even, oh man, we'll, she's like, yeah, I'm behind. We'll get we'll like, get her on. Board I don't want to hear your voice anymore. Okay, so we're gonna move on. You know, we're working on the the, the parental love. That's we'll get there someday. Yeah. But um, thank, love. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all for episode thirteen. Uh, we have a few topics up in the air, but I think we're gonna hone in one. It should be a good episode. So. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. See ya. Bye.